to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. I am Cody and I'm joined with three friends, some closer than others, and I would love for them to introduce themselves as well. I will go ahead and go next. My name is James Ramey and I am a virile young boy on the verge of manhood and I'm very excited to be here today. Hello, everyone. My name is Mallory Freed, and this is the first time I've seen Dawson's Creek, and I'm ready for some drama. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, hello. My name is Stella Baldwin. Um, I have watched bits and pieces of Dawson's Creek before, but don't have a strong memory of what is about to go down. I'm excited. Well, let's get into that. Why um, should we... Yeah, get into the pilot, and let's, I think let's uh, get into the pilot. And I, I think for, as we continue going on, listeners, uh, it's gonna be something where none of us have seen this, and we're just gonna be going through episode to episode uh, very blindly. So I'm sure there are gonna be some of you that have watched Dawson's Creek who know what happens, and you're gonna be extremely frustrated that we can't see some big plot point that yeah. will be coming. And uh, don't write us about it, no, because uh, we don't know. Yeah, we, we don't, and uh, we want to be as surprised as you were twenty five years ago. Yeah, but do shout it at your phone. We we won't hear it, but just scream it at your phone, and that will be the way that you can tell us whatever is going to happen in the show. That's probably the safest way for you to do so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Netflix synopsis for the first episode is: a pair of childhood friends must cope with their emerging sexuality. Off to a rough start. Yeah, coming in hot. My favorite thing, right off the bat, the first scene that we see, the first shot is of uh, a creek. So I'm really happy that we were not lied to. Yeah. This is giving exactly what we wanted. (laughs) Um, And then it does that transition to Dawson's parents' house or what we're about to see, Dawson's parents' house. And uh, they are the richest people on earth. This is the biggest house I've ever seen. And then we also see a dock... uh, yeah, who the fuck has a dock in their front yard? Dude, I, yeah. Everyone in this TV show. Apparently, yes. dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, is she seriously rowing to, I, to and from <laughs> his house? What is that? I, and to her home? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, I gotta go home tonight, guys. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead, but there are multiple times in this episode where Katie Holmes is sopping wet, and I'm wondering where did she just come from? Uh, but yeah, we. So we uh, the first thing that we see is Dawson and Joey hanging out in Dawson's very gross teen boy room, mm-hmm. and they're watching ET, uh, and then they uh, shit all over the movie Gandhi for winning Best yeah. Picture over ET. I, I, all right. I'm not a Spielberg head. You know, I, it actually took me a little bit to realize that this was E.T. I actually, one of my first notes was, what are they watching? Cause I couldn't <laughs> Mac <place> and me. <laughs> but the, I hope that they tone down the, the Spielberg like fandom a little bit over the course of the show. I'm not expecting them to, but Jesus Christ, as it, it, when we get to the later scene about his whole room being mm-hmm. dedicated, a shrine to Spielberg, <laughs> it's like, Okay, we get it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to touch on this a lot through this episode because the, the only development that we've really get of Dawson throughout this pilot episode is that he loves movies. Yeah. And the Spielberg stuff is really interesting to me because I'm a little movie fan and I was 
I guess kind of like Dawson as a teenager, I was really into movies and I had movie posters all over my wall. But to focus on someone like <laughs> Steven Spielberg, who's a great filmmaker, but all of his movies are uh, meant to be crowd pleasers. There's nothing challenging about them. Right. And it's not literary at all, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love Jurassic Park and I love E.T., but it's so funny that someone that wants to be a filmmaker one day is like, I want to make <laughs> extremely accessible movies that are really broad for the entire world to enjoy and make that his entire personality. I find that very weird. <laughs> I mean, it does feel relatable, though, because I know when I was in high school, I would make my fandom my personality, right? The one thing sure. I loved was everything about me. And if you didn't like it, well, then I don't think we can be friends. And I feel that very much from Dawson, except I feel like he's also a little bit more accepting and welcoming than I was, at least in that time. Yeah. I mean, Stella, when you were into Beanie Babies, <laughs> that... that enraptured your entire personality absolutely uh, i definitely brought bucky the beaver to school like every day <laughs> <laughs> and that still happens today yeah. the whole thing that sets this entire show up this is what i imagine what dawson's creek will be for the rest of its entire series run is the will they won't they of right. dawson and joey and this show being about emerging sexualities they <laughs> have their first little tiff about Joey running out the window and he goes, yeah. no, why don't you just sleep over? We do this all the time. We have sleepovers all the time. Why do you have to run away? It would be totally normal for you to sleep over. And she's extremely offended at the realization or him not realizing right. that they're 40 years old and they shouldn't be having <laughs> childhood sleepovers anymore. And that brings us to my favorite line, which is I have breasts and you have genitalia yeah, and there's really more of it long fingers like what the fuck yeah. are we yeah, was, okay so i mean i understand like you know the whole rest of the episode is playing up the fact that she is very much into him yeah but good god like <laughs> well the uh the long fingers thing that's like the big hands big 90s penis baby. yeah thing cool but i always thought it was big hands not long fingers yeah yeah you got some slender man hands i guess you know long fingers to grip that big old baseball bat you know that big old baseball bat. Yeah, sure. Walk that so, dog. <laughs> Walk the dog. Yeah, flog the dolphin, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, part of it is just like, okay, they're setting up the story. So, of course, they have to, like, present this conflict right away. But it just seems so funny that it's like, okay, we're 15. All of a sudden, we can't we can't do this anymore. It's like, what? Like, Somebody flip the switch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised by why now? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, 15 is a pretty arbitrary age in my mind i mean it, i feel like it would yeah. have worked better if they're 13 but i also don't want to see no. that show <laughs> and that seems like a way more significant year but our, but i guess i mean a big deal with this is that they're sophomores and we'll get into how weird Which, that arbitrariness is uh i don't really understand that but yeah fit like why why that night i mean if they have sleepovers all the time this conversation should have right. happened Two years ago, three years ago at least. Yeah. She also said we start high school on Monday. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's why. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 But high we start school. high school as sophomores. Yeah. Did I, I miss really sure. that? The, the, this is their first experience in high school. Everyone's so casual about that, it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. It must be like one of those middle school, high school combinations where they all go to the same school. You know what I mean? A like, boy meets world, if you will. Yeah, I I don't know. But I also love the line that she drops here, which is our emerging hormones are destined to alter our relationship. And I'm trying to limit the fallout. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down, too. And she talks like data anyone. from Star Trek. Yeah, dude, talks she's like- a, she is an android. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really liked how she was going to escape and yeah. Yeah. Uh, he called her Josephine, which yeah. sets her mm-hmm. off and don't go all female on me. Yeah. I don't want to another, have to start calling you Josephine. Yeah. And th- another data line. And then they tickle fight for what felt like hours. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and just as quick as <laughs> why this is suddenly a big deal to go, okay, well, it's time for us to go to bed now. Bye. <laughs> and <yeah. laughs> without, and I mean, like I no no one really sleeps in pajamas, but at least like for television, I want to see that transition, but instead they're still wearing all of their clothes and all the lights are on and they just like pull up the covers and that's yep. it. Also she had her, she had her shoes on. Yeah. And so did she just quickly take them she off? She gets oh, under the know. covers She was too. out the window with her shoes on. <laughs> Well, I sleep with my shoes on. You never know what's going to happen. It's true. Also, did you notice that, I mean, I think this is again, uh, I when I was looking up the show, it said that Joey was a tomboy. I didn't really get much of that in this episode, but she was covered in bruises. Did anyone else notice that? I, I did, did not. not. Her legs Mm-mm. look like she has never worn a shin guard and she's been playing soccer for 50 years. <laughs> it's, it's climbing absurd. up that ladder. But. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that'll be really brutal on your shins. Uh so yeah, they they get in bed and Dawson stares at her like a pervert uh, before turning away. And I mean, yeah, a lot of sexual tension that they're placing yeah. immediately. But how long has this will they won't they been going on? Did they ever express like when their friendship started? Have they just been friends forever? Well, in How's a later that? scene, yeah, in a later scene, Graham says that she's been sneaking up into that boy's window mm, yes. since they were little or something like that. So it seems like this has always been their thing. But uh, about them getting in bed, did anybody else notice how Dawson is basically like, he's manspreading the mm-hmm. entire yes. bed yeah. and leaving Joey with like, <laughs> She's like a sliver on the very edge. And he's like, I don't know, man. What's Why'd you bring this up, dude? Like, all I wanted to do was have a cool slumber party. Uh, <laughs> Just like, sorry, yeah. the idea yeah. that, like, again, that it's like all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden they're sexual. Like, so you, you're telling me that they have sleepovers all the time and they sleep in the same bed, which is also very weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I, okay, two things. One, it's like, so he's never, like, had a boner when he's, right. like, sleeping next to her? What? And then, like, I just, I don't know if, you know, friend, every friendship is different, but I don't really remember ever sleeping in the same bed as my friend. Like, Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Like, <laughs> I mean, actually, I remember sleeping in the same room. Yeah. Sure. But, like, I, not the same. I did share a bed with some of my friends, like, up into high school when we would do sleepovers, but they were other men. They were never like people of the other sex or anything like that. And it was almost always just because there were like 15 of us sleeping over at the house and we needed to just sleep somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was never like, oh, hey, you want to come over and we'll watch some movies and go to sleep in the same bed? No, it was <laughs> no. like I would sleep on the floor or they, I'd sleep on the couch. There was, oh, there's, especially in a house that big, there has got to be a guest bedroom that Joey <laughs> yeah. could be sleeping in. Like, <laughs> Listeners, write us. Tell us about your slumber party stories. Yes, Where please. did you sleep? 
My slumber party experience was almost always laying on the floor until my anxiety peaked and I started crying and had to call my parents to have, have them come pick me up. Seriously, Cody and I were just talking about this last night. I hated sl- slumber parties as a kid. Like they stressed me out so much. So much. Yeah, not I, a fan. I love them. Uh, one of my oldest friends, Sam, we we met in the second grade and I was telling Stella this, that I don't think there was a weekend from second grade until senior year that we weren't having a sleepover at each other's house every weekend, like every, mm-hmm. every time. But and you were t- sleeping in the same bed. We would sleep in the same bed. And when we turned 15, <laughs> stared at each other and said, I don't think we should do this anymore. Yeah. We got to stay friends no matter how much body hair we acquire. Okay, Sam. <laughs> yeah. The, a lot of the logical conclusions that they're coming to are really far out as to why they can't be friends. Well, I feel like it kind of goes back to this being a semi-autobiographical Kevin Williamson is Dawson because I don't know if people know this, but Kevin Williamson is a gay man. So maybe he does not. Interesting. he, he He is trying to throw out that, you know, for him, this was not an issue. He had no feelings towards Josephine or at least he or whoever the equivalent of Joseph Joey is. You know, but that that is the only thing that kept coming into my head. And before I even knew that he wrote this as Dawson is him, I was like, this has got to be Kevin putting himself in the yeah. protagonist role. So I, I, that's the only thing I can imagine is that maybe that's a big plot point that we're going to get in season six of Dawson Creek, where he finally realizes that he is a gay man. But oh, my I don't God. Know. That would Damn. that would be shocking for the 90s. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah. I mean, early 2000s yes, is when the show point, finally yeah. ends. And I mean, I, I you know. When I was watching this, I actually thought like, oh, the CW is definitely going to reboot this eventually yes. or, you know, whatever. Who would play Dawson in the modern reboot of... <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if they... I would love... I mean, yeah, if they rebooted it, I mean, I was thinking about this like, oh, they should make Dawson a queer character because that would make these dynamics way more interesting. Um, and yeah, oh, in Timothy Chalamet... Be pretty yeah, good. That'd be pretty good. I, I know yeah. we want to move on to the rest of the episode, but uh, the most disgusting thing throughout this entire episode, and you'll disagree with me, but you're all wrong, is that when Joey is going to sleep on her side, her face is right. It's facing right to an open bag of lays. Oh, yes. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Can uh, you imagine breathing that in all night? That I did really not notice I, that. I noticed the lays. <laughs> I, I did, did not. notice wow. that. Yeah. I, I was probably just like, damn, that's a cool ass room. But <laughs> can you imagine how fucking bad that room smells? Like oh teenage boy God. He's in there. It's his film studio. He's in there editing his movies, which are almost certainly just like him farting around with his friends, like making prequel jackass movies or other biting other <laughs> classic horror films as we'll <laughs> soon see. Well, it's him walking the dog to Katie Curry. <laughs> yeah. Babe, I want to know, like, how much, as a film nerd, you relate to Dawson in, like, his yeah. his bedroom. Quote-unquote movie studio. studio yeah. Well, okay, yeah. I uh, As a produced screenwriter, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my credit, uh, accreditation to make this a normal conversation for me to talk about my relationship to Dawson. Uh, yeah, it was exactly the same. My... <laughs> My room was disgusting. I masturbated a lot to Katie Couric. And, uh, but I mean, I mean, that's an interesting generational divide uh, 
because Dawson is obsessed with Steven Spielberg. And for me, the transition was like the gritty nineties movies, like fight club posters, which every other stupid boy had in his room. Pulp fiction. Pulp fiction. Yes. (laughs) American history X. Oh Um, baby. Oh baby is right. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, I had a, like I thought of everything in terms of movies and I was like, I want to be a movie guy one day. Uh, but I wasn't as, or at least, I mean, I don't know. I hope that I wasn't as obnoxious as fucking Dawson is because every conversation he has is about movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know. We've lived together now for a year, Stella. <laughs> Am I as obnoxious as Dawson is about movies? Uh, no. Okay, great. <laughs> That's correct answer. There was a pause right yeah, there. Just a second. That was the longest pause of my life. I know this is an audio <laughs> format, but her eyes were darting furiously yeah. from side to side. <laughs> And a, a bead of sweat dropped down her forehead. <laughs> yeah, I want to stick my head into a bag of Lay's just to choke myself out. <laughs> okay, so. Intro credits. Here yeah. we go. And we finally get this song. <laughs> oh, my God. It, the, when it started, when we were watching it, when Mal and I were watching this together for the first time, I was overjoyed. And I don't know why. <laughs> like, I, like we said, never seen this show before, mm-hmm. but it was just like a special moment to see that. And it felt so 90s. It just made me feel so warm and fuzzy mm. <laughs> watching this title sequence. I mean, yeah, it's like the nostalgia for something that I didn't care about is crazy. Insane. Yeah, it gave, not, I don't think I had chills, but I it made my heart grow three times as big. <laughs> and I, I also love uh, whatever they did that day to shoot, because they're like, you guys just have fun. Yeah. Just, we're mm-hmm. just going to film it yeah. all, baby. I mean, there's shots of Pacey hanging off of a, a yeah. tiny little bridge. Got their Dawson. day crew uniforms on. Right. Yeah. You know? It definitely looks like they got, like, they just opened up a J. Crew catalog. And we're yeah. like, yeah, that's it. There we go. That cool. whole collection. <laughs> Anything that is khaki and light blue, we'll take. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had as much fun with my friends as they looked <laughs> like they were having fun with each other doing nothing. Nothing. They were doing nothing. Kicking sand. Yeah. And Paula Cole, what a song. I mean, yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. I think we're now far away from that time where a song in a piece of media can be just as big as the media right. as itself. Like we, we talked about Titanic earlier and my heart will go on. I mean, that was on the right. radio for what felt like a decade. And Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait for Our Lives to Be Over, da 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 <laughs> That was on the radio. That was a huge hit. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, her other single, what was that? No idea. Uh, yippee! I yippee thought yay. she only made that Love one that song. song. Fun fact about the song is that it, apparently, due to licensing, it was replaced when once the show went on streaming. Yes. It was replaced by uh, it was called "Run Like Mad," a mm. song called "Run Like Ma- Like Mad" by Jan Arden, Weird. which was apparently originally written for Dawson's Creek, huh. but oh. Paula Cole's song went out in a promo back oh. in the day. Oh, Damn. But then cool. they now they've replaced it back. They somehow got the licensing so issue resolved, really and ha- and now it's stream on the streaming. So the song was originally written for Dawson's Creek, and then they trashed it. Apparently, the one that they had for a period of time had on the streaming. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, no. dude? I'd be pissed. I yeah. hope she got, or they. I don't know. I hope they got paid for that. Regardless, I hope they were like, okay, here's your, you know, it's the '90s, so here's your fifty cents and like a Burger King crown for making this song. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. No kidding. Uh, so we enter the world. Yeah, Dawson's baby. Creek, and we <laughs> we enter a sequence where Dawson is shooting a film, and it's a fake out because we uh, I don't know about you guys for a second I thought that Joey was actually getting murdered by the creature <laughs> of the Black Lagoon, but they all cut. They're making a movie. Dawson is really upset because 
they didn't get the right take with Pacey yeah. and all this stuff. And the first thing that I think is they're trying to make a movie that they want to put into film festival in a couple weeks. So they're not even done shooting. They need to edit this thing. But why are they making a fucking fan film yeah, dude. with uh, IP that already exists? Yeah, it's like a mix between Creature from the Black Lagoon and the end of Friday the 13th, like come together yes. in one. And I just really want to know what that movie actually was. I I want to see if there's a fan cut somewhere where they like took that as inspiration and made a student film because what could it possibly be? <laughs> and if they're if they're sowing the seeds right now that that will be a plot point that we'll later see of James Vanderbeek uh taking yeah this film to a festival, I uh, <laughs> I am desperate to know how it does and also, how it's received. If he is so inspired by Spielberg, you definitely can't tell from that shit. No, yeah, it looks like <laughs> trash. Uh this is also our <laughs> unbelievably our introduction to Pacey mm -hmm. and uh, he is a proto incel. Definitely. The first thing, the first thing we find out is that he is uh, basically sexually assaulting yes. Joey mm -hmm. every single take that they have. But he laughs it off because she says he grabbed my ass again and yeah. he says, like you have one. Okay, cool. So it's all right then. Yeah. And I don't really know. I mean, yeah, then this was 24 years ago when this came out. But what, I mean, this this feels more like Mad Men than 1998. <laughs> like, why is this being passed off as comedy? Also, my, the idea of who I thought Pacey was going into the show, I thought he was going to be kind of like the Seth Cohen of the OC, kind of like the lovable Ooh, schlub that just yeah. like couldn't, he was like the nice guy that couldn't get the girl, um, which is like already problematic and right. uh, a major thing for incels to be like, I'm the nice guy, why doesn't she love yeah. me? But this is like, he's... A bad guy. Mm -hmm. He yeah. is bad. Does it do? Do you guys think it just didn't age well? Like in the nineties, he would have been the lovable goof. Or do you think even in the nineties, he was still like a fucking goober? Like he still rubbed off bad back then. I think he was a fucking goober. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my first impression, what the first scene that we see, um, Dawson's parents, um, we see Dawson's mom and. Pacey and Dawson come in. Mm -hmm. My first impression was, oh, Dawson's mom and Pacey are fucking. Definitely. Yes. Mm. There's, I mean, hmm. yeah. I mean, we can get weird vibes. Weird vibes. Yes. Uh, well, before we get there, though, we yeah. get introduced to a very important character. Which oh, is yes, Jen. Jen. Yeah. yeah. And we get the cue, the cue the hot girl music <laughs> and the slow mo hair flip. Hey, pretty girl. Oh, my God. I, I thought that that was genuinely like a fake song. I didn't think that that was real. And it wasn't until Mallory showed me she's it's been compiling. By the Bodines. It's a real song. And it's called sucks Hey, Pretty Girl. Ass. I'm sorry, but that song sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there that uh, alternative rock died when Kirk. Cobain died. Like every <laughs> rock song in that kind of genre, uh, I mean, it just should not exist after 1994. Hey, pretty girl. Yeah, so bad. And I love her dress that is like <laughs> shapeless. It has absolutely it's like a no, slip style. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so bizarre to me. But she tells us that her grandfather's aorta has ruptured and, she, and he has, to, and he had a plastic tube inserted. Yet again, with this dialogue that Makes no sense. Nobody talks like this. Why? Like, you're just beating these people and you're telling us about your grandfather's aorta rupturing. Well, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of that hyper cool stylized dialogue, the snappy dialogue of Scream. Uh, but in this universe, like, it does not work for me. No. At least, I mean, this is a pilot. It's going to, I hope it gets better. But from the way that they speak, you know, Graham's Gramps aorta <laughs> got busted or whatever she says. Walking I mean, the dog. Yeah, walking the dog. Uh, Weird. 
yeah. too stylized. It's very odd. But Pacey and Dawson are like barely containing their massive erections that I'm sure they're having just from the mere sight of a new girl in town, clearly. And then we get the transition to Dawson's house, just like Stella was just talking mm-hmm. about. And this is one of my favorite sequences ever. Uh, <laughs> but we get more evidence that Pacey is a disgusting incel as as they're walking up, he tells Dawson, or he asks Dawson, think she's a virgin. You want to nail her? Mm-hmm. Why? God, why? Greater men would be nailing her right now. Yeah, dude. What (laughs) in the fuck? My question to you, gentlemen, is, is this how teen boys talked? Uh, No. Yeah. Uh, This is how school shooters talk. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Never to this extent. I mean, we would talk about girls at school and be like, yeah, she's really cute. I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't a very masculine boy. (laughs) Neither was I. So we might be the wrong demographic to be asking, but I certainly knew boys who talked similar to this, but never this like vulgar. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. It did remind me though of all of the like Chad bro chills that I know that just puff their chest up and are trying to be like the most manly man I know, except it's Pacey and he looks like a, I don't even know. He looks like a little preppy yacht club <laughs> yeah. boy. He yeah. does not look yep. like an alpha male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is weird that they're giving him that characteristic. Cause usually you'd want to give that characteristic to a bully or some or bad jock. person. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is finally where we get to uh, Mr. Manmeat yes. and Mrs. Manmeat having sex on a counter, a uh, little coffee table counter yeah, thing. Like yeah. a wicker a little like, Ottoman thing. Ottoman, I don't know. Yeah. And I did when you were watching this, did you think, oh, we're gonna get a fake out? That was the vibe that I was fake getting. Out. Like they're walking to this house and you hear like, oh yeah. Uh, and I thought it was like, oh, this is a silly fake out. They're gonna go into the kitchen and the parents are gonna be eating spaghetti or Opening something. I'm like, yeah. But instead I was shocked that they're just actually having sex right yeah. then and there. And I didn't I mean, they have no shame about it either. Yeah. The parents are just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. You you should have knocked before you walked in. I mean, that's basically the attitude they have. If I ever walked in on my parents having sex, which uh, I will not say whether or not I did. It certainly wasn't like that. You know, it was never just like, yeah, give me a high five, Pacey. Definitely nailing her. Like, no, dude, this is not okay. And with the show being hyper stylized with its dialogue, I'm also wondering if this takes place in a world where the <laughs> this is an alternate reality where horniness is just the basic, like base level and everyone is just coming up from there because everyone is, yeah, treating it like way too casually and it grosses me out. It grosses me out too, especially as we'll get into later. There's a there is a definite difference in the male sexuality and the female sexuality yes. that is being shown through this through this series. But uh, <laughs> not to move us along too quick, but I think one of my favorite things that this show provided me was the transition where we just see Joey rowing her boat yes. up the creek <laughs> to her house for real. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> and again, she's so wet. Did she fall in? I mean, this it almost makes me feel like this was made by people that had no idea like what life would be like in a small town where people might be able to row a boat to each other's house. And so they're just like, yeah, they're always wet all the time. They're falling into the water. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Can any of you tell me what the name of this town is? No, I no. wanted to. Yeah, I was going to ask. I do know. Oh. But wait. Yeah, I think we I learned ha- it's like Oriental, but the real Kevin Williamson that he was oh, from. Okay, yeah. it's yeah. called. Well, do you want to? Does anybody want to guess before I tell you? Is it Creekside? Uh, 
Very close. Ooh. It's called Cape Side. Cape Side. Oh. Yes. And the only way we know this is when we later get a shot of the high school and it says Cape Side mm-hmm. High. Yeah. But that doesn't. Like, what? It, I, I, I'm so. Conf- I would love to know. I would love to see sh- photos of th- this town that Kevin Williamson based it off of because yeah. it feels simultaneously mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be on the eastern seaboard, small town, yes. mm-hmm. like aquatic village. Aquatic village? Aquatic um, village. And it's also like in the bayou at the same time. I don't understand it. It's very strange. All the houses are kind of like pseudo plantation houses. Mm-hmm. But then we have the boardwalk main street that looks like small town eastern. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a very, very odd mix of ar- architectural stylings. I love it. But yeah, I want to know like if there is a town somewhere where um <laughs> people are rowing to and from their friends' houses. I just yeah. want to know if that's like yeah. a real reality. Well, apparently everybody's house <laughs> is connected by this creek. Yes. Yep. They, they don't no have roads. roads. There's Dawson, only the Dawson's main... Creek. Yes, of course. He owns this creek, <laughs> apparently. But I love that we get, a, we get a kind of like the haves and the have-nots, right? Like Cody mentioned the Leary's house, Dawson's house. It's extravagant. It's beautiful. It's like wonderful. It's immaculately painted. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then we get a picture of Joey's house and it's like this... <laughs> I mean, it actually looks like I would be pretty stoked if I owned that house. I and, want that many you know, it, houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like the paint's kind of peeling. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's an eclectic front yard. So we're clearly supposed to think like, oh, these people are poor. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it, it's such an interesting way to introduce these characters that we later find out who they are in relation to Joey. But Bodie is just cooking and feeding everyone and everyone's <laughs> calling the food orgasmic. And, right. and Yeah, but... What is the way he that, cooking? The way I, that yeah. Joey says orgasmic and the way that her sister says it is so different. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, dude. <laughs> I interesting. don't like it that they call his like, food orgasmic. orgasmic. Yeah, well, it's hypersexualized. Yeah. Like it this is, whole world. Like, everything is so sexually charged, but that is just like a, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I also want to know who is the one who introduced that to them. Like, is it Bessie, the sister, the older sister who says that all the time mm-hmm. and Joey picked it up? Yes. Is it something that Joey brought it into the house? No, because the way Joey says it, orgasmic. Yeah. And the way your sister says it, <laughs> mm, that's orgasmic to her husband. Yes. Boyfriend. Nope. Black boyfriend. boyfriend. Black boyfriend. Black right, right. boyfriend. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I do like that we get our first black character only eight minutes into the episode. That yes. felt pretty progressive for TV for shows sure, of the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And he isn't just a stereotype like a stereotype yes i mean we don't get a lot of depth of Mm -hmm. him but we don't just get like some throwaway dumb line Mm -hmm. he seems to have some importance to the family Mm -hmm. also he apparently they replace him with another actor second episode and then for the rest of the series yeah yeah interesting Mm -hmm. he's played by a different person in, in the pilot Oh, I would love oh. to know when the pilot was shot and aired mm-hmm. versus yeah. when the second episode was shot because I'm sure they shopped this around. I was trying to find out when it was shot and I could not figure it out, but I will try to figure that out for the next one. Does anybody know what he was cooking? Because Mm-mm. it looks like maybe mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> or sort of stew. Some yeah. kind of pasta or maybe it's a stew, but to me it looked like there was a, well, it's clearly a prop department, right? So they yeah. just like glued some shit to a spoon. And yes. nobody is actually taking a sip or bite of anything. You'll see, I, I watched that scene several times and I was like, <laughs> is there anything on that spoon that they're eating? Are they actually taking anything, anything into their mouth? The answer is no, but there's what looks like a little pasta noodle stuck on the side and some kind of creamy looking sauce. Okay. I'm just, hmm. I want to know what it could be. Chowder? Maybe it is chowder. That's actually not a bad guess. I did just look up where um, Dawson's Creek takes place and it is in Massachusetts. So, hey, chowder. Chowder. Chowder yeah. is. Chowder. Nope. Creek chowder. 
Yeah, Mo. Dimmy son. Okay. Well, now we get to go to the video store. Yes, yeah, screenplay video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. This was my dream when I was a kid. I wanted to work in a video rental place so bad. We had a video store in my my hometown on in the small small island that I grew up on, and it was like the coolest thing I could possibly imagine was working behind the counter at one of these stores. Did anybody work at a video rental place? I worked at Blockbuster for two years. Ooh. Oh, you would have been like my hero. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it was a really fun job. I mean, I worked with a lot of fun people and I had a lot of fun talking about movies all day with customers. I bet. Yeah, but I mean, it was also Blockbuster, which was an evil corporation. Right. And <laughs> I worked on commission for hours based on how much candy I sold. <laughs> so it was less like <laughs> I'm talking about art with Cool, interesting people and more like, will you get a Coca-Cola with your movie, right. please? And you want some red vines? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wet brain. Talk about wet brain. That's what Pacey says about right. Nelly. Right. Or, sorry. Yeah, it's Nelly, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Nelly. Nelly, Nelly, who is asking about where Forrest Gump goes. Yeah, it goes it in the, the trash. Or the comedy section. <laughs> I'm a simpleton. I'll be the first to admit it. I have next to no uh, cinematic taste or ability here. I don't know that I would know the answer about where Forrest Gump goes. I would, I think I probably would say drama, but it's also kind of a funny movie at times. So I think that she kind of had a point there. And I don't think Pacey, talk about wet brain. I mean, that's some, that's some fucked up shit from Pacey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, it's a drama, but it's a fair question. And also not everyone's going to be as knowledgeable as you. So why be an asshole to anyone that asks a question like that? I just love that how she puts him in his place. Yes, yeah, her dude. response. I love that. I, I take comfort in knowing your vapor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but also we get the knowledge that the only reason, well, maybe not the only reason, but her parents own this store. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's working there. It's not that she loves movies, Pacey. It's that her dad owns this store. So of course she's going to work there. It's the easiest place for her to get a job, you dickhole. Yeah. Also, yeah. her putting him in his place, I'm like, oh, this is why he's an incel. He's for like, sure. all women are against me. <laughs> but we get the sultry jazz music mm-hmm. as as a another woman in a shapeless dress yeah. walks in. Yep. She, was, that slip style dress. Exactly. Was, yeah. yeah. Some lingerie right there. Yep. No problem, but I mean, it's like, okay, you're going out in public like that. Yeah. That's chill. <laughs> well, I just told you that I worked at Blockbuster for two years. Every woman that came to the store wore that. Yeah. 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 Did you cue the sultry jazz music when- We had a button. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I wrote down, Pacey is a horn dog and wants to bone every girl he sees. Every girl. Extremely accurate. Pretty much. I mean, we kind of skipped over, but I mean, he was winking at Dawson's mom. Yes, he was. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was like licking his lips and salivating. I will bet you $100 right now that- they fuck at some point. Hundred dollars. Well, you're on. And we also, well, we'll get there, I, I suppose. So never mind. But I agree with you. I feel like they are trying to, well, with this whole like, he's a virile young boy. He doesn't say that quite in this scene yet. We'll get there. But he is definitely into older women. Yeah. And well, he's into women in general. It doesn't really matter their age, seemingly. But he, I would not be surprised at all about that. He's also weirdly just. He's, he's a, I don't know. I really don't like Pacey. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to like Pacey because yeah. I think his name is cool, which is <laughs> the worst reason to like anybody. But I was like, cool, Pacey. That's like unique. But he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's awful. Yeah. And this scene just like he's cements it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is interesting that every scene that he's in is worse than yes. the previous one mm-hmm. about his weird sexual desires. 
Yeah. Yeah. What would the movie that they're talking about? The Graduate. That's Graduate. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've never seen that movie. Oh, but oh, so it's a great movie. In in that whole time, it's like clearly like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna fuck you now because you're talking about this movie. Is that? I mean, yeah, that's a major plot point of that movie. It's an older so woman. Do yeah. we think she knows what she's doing in this moment? Tamara. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh 100%. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yes, yes. Definitely. I thought so too. Like I definitely was watching this scene. What? She goes, I'm vintage all the way. You know, that's, I mean, clearly she knows. Yeah. I just was like, I, I didn't know if I was supposed to feel this way or if, if I was reading it wrong, but I'm like, she's clearly flirting with this kid and mm-hmm. he's clearly taking it hook, line and sinker. Yes. And I think, you know, as we get to this scene later on, he dresses her down appropriately for it. He mm-hmm. perfectly encapsulates what she's doing, but it's just like you. Okay. So let's, let's dissect this. We're going to get to this in a moment here, but you are a teacher in a small town and you go into a video movie store that, and you go to rent a movie and you see what is clearly a high school student on the other side of the counter and you decide to lay it on that thick. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with <laughs> She's yeah. playing with fire. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. This so, show is fucked up. I'm sorry. Side note, that actress, her name is Leanne Hunley and she was a soap opera actri- actress. She was oh, from, cool. she's from Days of Our Lives and uh, Dynasty. That explains her so yeah, much. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, she is such a uh, physical actress. Mm-hmm. Like she, she does so much more acting with her like face and her body and her eyes than she does with the way that she delivers a line, which I think is partly what we're seeing and t- talking about right now. She is clearly physically, she's flirting with him so hard. And it's all through the way that she is acting in that moment, less than the things that she's saying, which are also quite heavy. Uh, from here we go. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. Like before we, this world has really been spelled out for us. Uh, it transitions to Dawson coming back to his place and the sun is setting. Yes. And Jen is just sitting at the dock and I'm like, is this his house? Is she sitting on his dock? Mm-hmm. Right. Like how <laughs> long has she been waiting there and all this? I mean, like we later find out that they're neighbors or at least mm-hmm. like her grandparents live next to Dawson. But at the, you know, we didn't know that yet. So for me, I was like, wow, she's really coming in hot. That's yeah. great. She's waiting for him to come home. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Also, did anyone Romantic. notice that, that Dawson's always running? Yes. <laughs> like, he's, he's always running, running from, you know, in that, that little like, right. Cut. He's just like running. He's he's <laughs> running, run or biking, or going really yeah. quickly in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I, I what really, do you think that means? What does that mean? He's he's on the go. He he's can't a, wait he's, to get where he's going. Yeah, he's a, but he he's, is not a young boy. He is he wants to be. He wants to grow on the edge of manhood. <laughs> he wants to grow up quickly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's he's ready to go. He's ready to get out of this yeah. town. Well, let's mm. talk about Dawson's Creek. Creek water, water, life. <laughs> Life flows from start to finish. We're seeing Dawson, and he's running <laughs> through it. He's uh, a, a river runs through. Yeah, it. I was supposed to say that. Dang it! Um, but I, I okay. So again, to like reaffirm how zany it is that he's making a creature of the Black Lagoon remake, essentially for this film festival, mm-hmm. they would never accept this movie. Uh, Jen is like, what do you got there for the movies that he's rented? And he rented (laughs) Creature of the Black Lagoon, Humanoids from the Deep, and Swamp Thing. And he calls it research. But that's not, he's just making a shittier version of all of those movies. (laughs) He's basically just taking notes of each scene so that he can be like, okay, how can I shoot this on my own? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so wild to me that he thinks this way because it's like if I was making a, a Spider-Man movie <laughs> with my friends and yeah. someone's like, oh, what do you got there? It's like research. It's Spider-Man 1, <laughs> it's uh, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3. 
I like that he immediately <laughs> compares himself to Spielberg in this moment too. Oh like, yeah, it's oh, cool. so weird. You think you're okay? You're that high on yourself. I mean, good yes. for you. Self confidence mm-hmm. is important, but holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, two two really interesting things that I think are it's going to be a dynamic that they're going to play with a lot. Is in this scene we find out that Jen is an atheist, which hey, that's cool. Hell yeah! And uh, representation. I, oh, I wrote down hell yeah for yeah. saying that she rejects God. Uh, and then also Dawson says he rejects reality. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, fantasy and reality, this idea of like the fantastical God, uh, which is like cinema, it's cinematic, it's big. And then the rejection of it with yeah. Jen, really cool. Um, not to get sidetracked, but where are these relationships going to go? Though, will they, won't they with Joey and yep. Dawson, or is it going to be Dawson and Jen? Great, great question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to predict right now that we're going to get a season-long romance of Jen and Dawson that is ultimately not going to work out. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that by the, the finale of season one, Joey and Dawson are going to have like a smoochy smooch or a, mm-hmm. a hand-holding or something. I don't think it's going to work out. I feel like ultimately that has to play out over multiple seasons. But that's what I'm seeing right now because I just don't... I don't know. I feel like what we're going to get from Jen and Dawson is oh, we're better as friends. I feel like that's always yeah. going to be Dawson's story. Yeah, that. Uh, this is all for me. This entire experience is going to be leading up to why is he crying in that gif? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be related to that. Uh, I, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. So, you know, he says, she asks him why movies. He says he rejects reality. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think that he grows up to be a, a Q cultist and storms the Capitol? <laughs> uh, Pacey 100% oh, yeah. does, yeah, yeah. but I don't know about Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like to think that Dawson grows up to become a filmmaker. I really hope that for him. And I hope he makes something a little more complicated than uh, uh, another knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we get the transition as he invites her up to his studio. His no studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Did it, so, ladies in this call, did this ever happen <laughs> with you where yeah. some boy that you were talking to invited you to his studio or something, his rehearsal space. And then it's a bedroom. It is not at all what they talk about. No, no, I wouldn't. Okay. So I was a musician for a long time. I've been in bands. I've been, you know, I've I've recorded albums. I have never been like, Hey, why don't you come over to my rehearsal space or my (laughs) studio or anything like that? Because one, no, that's just fucking weird. And two, it's, (laughs) I wouldn't ever call like the living room that we practice in (laughs) my rehearsal space because I would be mortified as we walk in and I turn and look at her and she's like, cool. Oh, it's so weird. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, he's setting himself up for disaster, but also imagine I'm trying to think of other interests that could create a a bedroom uh, nickname. Like if you're a baseball player, do you call it the batting cage? (laughs) (laughs) Or a wrestler like the octagon. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. You want to come up to my octagon? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is a disgusting room. We've already smelly. talked about it. The posters, yeah. all that stuff. In receding box office order. Yeah, dude. According That's to Dawson. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like kind of gro- like grossed out. It's just like, okay, so you're interested in this girl and you're just going to talk about all these movies. Like, boo. Boring. Boo boring. Uh, yeah. Also felt kind of seen in this because (laughs) (laughs) this this was uh me as a teenager i also uh this took a really long time for me to figure out but i i'm an i'm a very oblivious person as you all know and 
throughout like my teenage years and even in my twenties, uh, I would, whenever I like wanted to hang out with someone, I would be like, Oh, do you want to come over and watch a movie? Hell yeah. And people I like later would be like, yeah, that sounded like you wanted to sleep with people. Like that was like your way to like get people to come <laughs> over. And I was just like, God, is that like really how that came off? Because I was wow. genuinely like, yeah, I want to watch movies with all of these people. And now I'm suddenly thinking about every time I've ever invited somebody to come watch a movie because <laughs> I too would be like, I don't know how to speak with people. Um, I don't know how to hold a conversation, but I definitely know how to stare at an object with somebody else in the room with me. <laughs> so do you want to come over and watch this movie and then maybe we could have a conversation afterwards? Then there's at least something to talk about. Yeah. Man, but it wasn't uh, like I didn't wasn't trying to sleep with these people. I just wanted to watch a movie, so I maybe feel a little bit seen by Dawson as well. Yeah, Dawson's. I don't know. Is he supposed to be cool? I don't know. I feel like he was cool in the nineties. I don't know. I feel like he's not cool now. Yeah, when I'm watching it now, I'm like, this guy sucks. (laughs) But like, not in a bad way. It's just like he makes me sad. He reminds me of me, and I suck. Yeah, I feel like I'm curious to see um, more of like their like high school dynamic like just like what other people are like and if there's like quote-unquote like cool popular people and like yeah all interact with each other yeah the relationships aren't really set in yet and so Mm -hmm. i don't know why any of these people hang out with each other and it's like if you hang out with dawson the only thing he's going to talk about is movies Movies. so why does anyone hang out with him Mm -hmm. okay i have a question um so dawson says in this moment i believe that all the mysteries of the universe all of the answers to life's questions can be found in a Spielberg film. <laughs> now, Cody, do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, again, like I'll, I'll, I, I want to talk about like how unchallenging and how broad all of Spielberg's <laughs> movies are. I agree. Like there, there's nothing contemplative about them. Like you're not getting an Ingmar Bergman movie. Like you're just getting like, oh, two hours of really solid entertainment. That's what I associate with all Steven Spielberg movies. Even as like biggest stinkers, at least you're coming out with it being like, well, it it was fun, I guess. That's the only thing I've ever taken away from a Spielberg film is that was enjoyable. Yeah. I mean I don't go away with like a moral or anything like that. I don't I feel like I'm not getting a life's lesson yeah. or an answer to a question that I've ever had. Like I would love to know what movie or what question he has that he's looking for an answer for when he goes to watch E.T. Exactly. <laughs> what is he getting from that? I mean, again, like th- those are really beautiful human movies, like on a very basic level. Right. But again, yeah, there's nothing, there's no depth there. But again, I, when I was watching this, I was like, I want to know what Dawson thinks about like Spielberg's later input. Cause the last 20 years have been very questionable. <laughs> like ready player one is <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And uh, the BFG, like a lot of bad, like bad movies. Again, like entertaining i guess um and i want to reiterate here i am a simpleton i don't have taste so i'm not saying that like i'm better than people who like spielberg films i actually like spielberg films i don't think i've seen one that i don't like but i just don't think that they are these deep philosophical films that that dawson seems to think they are and i wonder for kevin williamson since he is this is an autobiographical semi-autobiographical product what is the filmmaker that he, is it Spielberg? Is it, it has is to that be. is that his or is there somebody else? Then he just found an analog that is Spielberg. I would love to know. Um, it, but you're right; it probably has to be because I do sense a little bit of like the Spielberg production level in uh, in in movies like Scream, for example. Oh my god! As a response to you know, this is actually a really interesting conversation because what if you're Kevin Williamson and it's totally someone like I don't know. Martin Scorsese or like even any, like anyone else that has a little more um, 
depth. I don't, I don't know. Depth is a sad word. I'm sorry, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I know you're listening. Yes. But is there one listener? At least someone that's a little more artistically challenging. And what if the WB is like, I'm really sorry. Steven Spielberg is tied in with the different studios here. <laughs> or like, you know, we can't, you have to use Steven Spielberg. Like you, you can't yeah. use anyone else. Like we need to promote Steven Spielberg right now. And how shitty that must've been for Kevin right. Williamson to be like, I wanted okay. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe is it maybe because Steven Spielberg's movies are like relatable? Like a lot of people have totally. seen Steven Spielberg oh, movies. Totally. So yeah, that's it's like gotta be part of why they, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that if it's, if it's not that Kevin Williamson, Kevin Williamson himself, <laughs> is so inspired by Spielberg, that's mm. got to be the reason. Yeah. It's somebody that anybody would know. Everybody knows who Spielberg is. Not everybody knows who, I don't know another filmmaker. I'm, I have no taste. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Williamson, I know you're listening. Please write to the show. Tell yes, us please. Uh, who your favorite filmmaker is then and now. Uh, this also in this scene, this is, uh, again, we see Joey coming up with the ladder. Her personal ladder, I'm pretty sure. Oh, did, wait. Her personal ladder. Was it in the bushes or she have it on the boat? It's always up it's, on the No, the it stays house. there. Oh, is it just on there? Yeah. Okay, okay. Which, I, I don't know if I missed something for like carrying it. But she's From the only the person boat. who uses it, clearly, because yeah, yeah. Dawson is not climbing up that ladder. Though that said, if I was a kid, <laughs> that would be the only way I get into my house. I would yes. only go mm-hmm. in through that window. I would only <laughs> climb up that ladder. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Clarissa Explains It All <laughs> on Nickelodeon. I loved that show as a kid, and her best friend Sam totally. would use the ladder to get it. And I, as a kid, I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to have a friend that <laughs> yeah, could do yeah. that. Um, I love, yeah, so Jen's grandma screams like, oh, you better get over here, whatever. Right. Yeah, and uh, the shot that we get of the grandma in the house with the sun setting is one of the most haunting images I've ever Terrifying. seen. We see her silhouette, and it's just like this dark, haunting image. It reminded me of the first time you see an alien in signs where it's standing <laughs> on the barn uh, roof at nighttime. Uh, very scary, but I do love it transitioning to the shot of Joey up the ladder yeah. to the right of the window, and then mm. we have so Jen to cool. the left. I did think it was a good shot. I liked um, and they're both, you know, in between mm-hmm. yeah. Dawson. Uh, He's the one in the middle. Um, this is where we get the introduction to the the mom cheating plot line. Back to you, Bob. Back to you, Bob. Back to you, Bob, yeah. And Joey refers to the dad as the perfect male specimen. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Again. <laughs> Weird. Why? He looks to me, he looks like Detective Stabler from Law & Order SVU. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I he is that. the perfect yeah. male specimen, but... I, I don't know <laughs> if I would necessarily go that far. I don't know if I would ever tell a friend that you, their dad is a perfect male specimen. No. <laughs> yeah, that's... Especially not a friend who we know. We have the yeah. knowledge that, as the viewers, that you are interested in, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, very weird. And is this, like, really opening the door for a plot line for Joey to have something with Dawson's dad while Pacey has something <laughs> with Dawson's mom. Like, is everybody in this town sleeping with the Dawson family? I feel like we're going to get a very incestuous TV show. I feel, I feel like that's the only thing that we can get oh, right now. I actually do have a note about that, <laughs> and that'll be at the end. Uh, but, yeah, so the the soft Bob, which is interesting soft that beats. he can capture yeah. that. He's media literate enough to, I mean, this is confirmed later in the right. program. To be going on, but wow. Okay, I had a question about that because he says that she has soft bees when, or that he no that she that that she is really hitting the bees in Bob. Mm-hmm. But then, am I wrong? She says soft. it normal. She is not like Bob. Well, no, he said she, it's a soft, soft bee. bee. Soft bee. Soft bee. I okay. Back to oh you, no, Bob. he okay. Right, right. She has. He says that she has soft bees, but then he illustrates it by really hitting the bees. Yes, yes, in, yes, yes. So. 
I'm confused because I thought she said it totally normal. I don't mm-hmm. know what a soft B would sound like. Back to you, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What I, does that mean? Also, he recorded her and is replaying yes. it. Yes. Oh, does, like how weird is that? <laughs> What okay. is going on in this household? Okay, I'm just going to jump to this point because we're talking about it now. The masturbation joke that finishes yes. this yes. episode is mm-hmm. about him screaming, I jerk off to Katie, Katie Couric. Couric every morning, and his mom is a news person. Yes. yes. So the Oedipal stuff that's already happening <laughs> yeah. in the show is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Also, not to jump ahead, but her his dad says that watching his mom on the TV is the best aphrodisiac mm-hmm. or something like that so yeah. mm-hmm. there is just i don't want to know how many vhs tapes they have of her broadcasts that he's got locked away in his sex dungeon next to his dom <laughs> jeans and stuff like that but does anybody else think that the co-anchor looks exactly like his dad her, yeah well, oh yes. Yes, yes, yes it's yes. identical yes he has a slightly different hair yeah wait do we know what dawson's last name is leary 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 leary, leary. so it's not mr mead I wish it was. Okay, so Man. there is that funny line that Pacey has where he says, so if your dad's Mr. Yeah. Man mm-hmm. and your mom's Mrs. Man Meat, does that make you Man Meat Jr.? <laughs> I will not lie. I laughed out loud. I did too. And actually, <laughs> I, I wanted, was a good joke. I, so I watched this episode several times and I had forgot that that happened. And I remember after that scene happened to be like, oh, does that make Dawson Man Meat Jr.? And then when he said that, I was like, what the fuck am I, Pacey? <laughs> <laughs> I got really scared for a second. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, when I first met you, you were like, I have to kill everybody. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're definitely a patient. You think she's a virgin? <laughs> hey, everyone. Just wanted to thank you for listening. It really means a lot to us. If you're enjoying the show, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Or if you've already subscribed, go ahead and give us a rating. It only takes a few seconds and it can make a huge difference for our show. So thanks in advance to the show all right so next scene what do we got we're going into school right no, no it's uh, jen's, jen's house, house. Yeah. oh with, sorry with the yeah. most horrifying shot in this her grand with her granddaddy yeah grand, granddaddy. granddaddy uh no bandage <laughs> after open heart surgery nope mm-hmm. it's just a big old wet scar yeah out, and, and she's, she's fondling it. at it yeah oh yeah, yeah. And, and grams walks in and is like what are you doing Whoa. yes <laughs> come uh, get some breakfast yeah, um, a couple things. Uh, grandpa looked 10,000 years old and grandma looked 60. Yes. So love yep. that dichotomy. Love it. And also I love that the grandma sounds exactly like um, Fred Gwynn from Pet Cemetery. Like you don't want to go out that route. <laughs> like that, that weird main accent oh, that's is great. so cool. And Mary Beth Pale plays her. She is a classically trained opera singer. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like you can see in later scenes with the way she is so expressive. Like mm-hmm. she is clearly a stage actress. That, that boy is, is drama. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Going back, I mean, now that we're here in Jen's Graham, Graham's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um she's staying with Grams. Why why? Why aren't her Something parents... happened in New York. Yeah, right. we don't know yet. Yeah. I feel like we'll get to that in in later episodes, but we get some hints in the high school scene. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what happens is that she gets into the wrong crowd. Mm. Yeah. And she needs to go live with her grandparents who have mm. values mm-hmm. because they're very religious, as we're soon about to find out when Grams asks Nellie, sorry. <laughs> Asks Jen to right. to say grace, and Jen decides to admit that she is an atheist to her very religious grand 
grandmother. Let's, yeah. Neither got a child. So, we, so, what so you call the wrong element. At at this point, we she's saying that she's she's there at their house to help with grand with granddad, with granddad. after surgery. That's but there's something Dawson. else. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's got to yeah. be another reason mm-hmm. to it. I love that she says, "I don't believe in a religious God, Grams." I'm an atheist. Wait, we have to go back to breakfast. The whole breakfast well, this, this thing. Is okay, breakfast wait, yes, but, but the black coffee. The black coffee. Okay, <laughs> did any of you drink coffee at 15? Black no. coffee. Right. No, no, no. No. I didn't either. It was no. a punishment, actually, that I would get <laughs> oh when God. I would try to stay home from school. My dad would sit me down at the dinner table, and he would make me drink a cup of black coffee and eat what? a dry piece of toast <laughs> what because fuck? he was... Rightfully saying that I was just trying to stay home from school because I had stayed up late the night before playing video games or whatever I was doing. So he was basically trying to say, like, if you get up out of bed, uh, you will feel better, I think. And I hated it. And it took me all the way until college that it wasn't until then that I started drinking coffee. So when I saw her, like, going for a second cup of coffee. Right. Like, and Dylan Grams, I don't really eat breakfast. No, just you know, a cup of just, coffee. Just a cup of coffee. Um. I'm wondering if anyone else got the uh, impression or vibe that maybe this this um, conflict between Grams and Jen of religion mm-hmm. would lead Jen to becoming religious. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I love that. <laughs> I love I that wonder. too. Man, I, I think this is really interesting because I think there's a theme of like modernity versus that, you know, that kind of like churchy feeling. And, but I'm also thinking this is a few years before nine 11 and that's where the, like yeah. the Christianity stuff was really hammered right. on the United States. Yeah. And I feel like at the end, but at the tail end of the nineties, like we were modern baby, like no one was Christian. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's up in the air for me. I feel like it could go either way. I, <laughs> I, I did see chunks of Dawson's Creek. And so part of me wonders if that is something that did happen and it's like lodged in my brain of like, oh, this happens. So Mm -hmm. if it does happen, then maybe I just remember that and I'm So you just spoiled us. Sorry for spoiling. (laughs) I did read something about how Graham's and Jen's relationship grows, but I but I don't have any other details. So it could be I'm predicting grandpa dies and Graham's, you know, is needing some comfort and Jen's like, I'll humor you, Grams. Let's go to church again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's like, oh my God. <laughs> right. I but can't she's say God gotta anymore. say penis first. Yes. Yeah. So. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Also, but, oh. uh, just talking about sets, I, I I love sets and things like that. And uh, fun fact, everyone reuses sets all the time. And I uh, will bet my life that Graham's uh, kitchen is Diane uh, from Mohol and Drive's apartment. Oh. And I took screenshots. Uh, for the listener, you won't be able Whoa. to see this, but we'll put it on Instagram for yes, you. Yes, baby. Um, here you can see how the mm-hmm. kitchen is laid out with the door being over here, blah, blah, blah. And it's the exact same thing. Holy wow. shit. The exact yeah. same thing. You just put some shelves up. And that was about huh. like three years that's apart. Wild. So I can see them just reusing those sets because that's what they do all the time. Um. And the wow. show is extremely Lynchian. Yes. So yeah. Yes. People are weird. Yeah. So, very yeah. weird. Maybe it's a shared universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is where we get our very first injection <laughs> of Chumbawamba's tub yes. thumping. Mm. As the transition after, I don't believe in a religious God, Grams, <laughs> I'm an atheist. And it's basically like needle drop right yes. into yep. Chumbawamba's tub. I'm getting no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was 
so funny, and Perfect. it immediately brought me back to being a kid. I told Mal, and I think I believe I told all of you this. I bought that album. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. was so disappointed that the rest of the album was not like Tub Thumping. <laughs> <laughs> now, fun fact: uh, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping was in the Billboard Top 100. Do you know what number it was? Two. I'm gonna guess two. Mm. Two. That's a good guess. That was a huge song. It's in the top ten. I'll I'll give really? you that. Okay. Three. I'm gonna say nine. Three, nine. Stella wins. It was oh. number seven. I was gonna say which I first. actually think is the number of times they play that song in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the same exact like twenty seconds of that sec of that song. Oh my god! Yeah, I loved I the any. I'll take any high school montage like introduction. Oh, yes. I mm-hmm. love the kids playing football, but I yes. also really loved that kid uh, falling over himself and throwing all the papers <laughs> yeah. in the air. Oh, oh that that's so the good. perfect, like, encapsulation of this, of, of, like, high school life, I feel like. That also nobody ever had. Nobody ever did mm-hmm. that, but it's somehow in every single high school media that we get. But this is apparently Capes at High. We get this nice establishing shot of this 90s high school full of 90s kids doing 90s things, like, just, like, running around and throwing a Frisbee and throwing a football back and forth. And it says home of the wildcats, but then we get another shot of a slightly different sign for Capeside High, and mm-hmm. the mascot is like a pilgrim. And oh, I am confused that. if that is supposed to be the mascot, the pilgrim, the, the wildcat, or if we had two different, like two different shots that yeah. we mixed together. Mm-hmm. They they tried two different things here, um, but then we get a series of of little slices of life of high school for these kids. With Jen meeting Nellie and from the video yeah. store at her locker, and this is where we get that <laughs> being grilled on basically whether or not she parties, and she's basically says like substance free is the way to be, mm-hmm. which I feel like is Dare propaganda creeping mm-hmm. its way into this show. Kevin Williamson's in the pocket of Big Dare. You heard it here, folks. Uh, as a Michelle Williams fan and as a sober atheist, I went hell yeah, <laughs> that's sick. And then she says she needs a cigarette, and that's when Dawson walks up with like. The big, I mean, he is basically the hard eyes emoji with legs walking up to being like, <laughs> what class are you going to? And she says biology. And he's like, I was heading right there, which is a very clever way of saying, I don't have that class right now, but I'm mm-hmm. more than happy to walk you there to spend some more time with you. And we get our second Chumbawamba cue at that point <laughs> in time. Was this going into English lit class? This is going what? into this is going into English lit class where Pacey is balancing his textbook on his head. No, you know what he's balancing on his head? What? His manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, we find out the the sexy graduate lady mm-hmm. is his teacher. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. no! Yep. What are I'm the odds in this town of twenty? I'm looking at my camera, <laughs> my notes right now, and I wrote. I feel like Pacey is living on another planet. <laughs> I don't. He definitely is. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! I I love that interaction that he gets, where he basically like does a cool trick to get his the that the manifesto off his head, and then just like <laughs> uh, stares at her and says, "Tamara," and she says, "I think you should call me Miss Jacobs from now on," or something like mm-hmm. that. Like she had this knowing look. She knew what she was doing. Oh, we yeah. get confirmation right then and there. She knew that he was a high school student. She is not shocked at all that she is, that he is in her class. I really don't like her. I feel so skeezed out by this. Oh, they're both bad people. 100%. They're both bad people. And again, like this is where I'm confused. Who are we supposed to root for in this exactly. situation? Yeah. yeah. I don't. Are we supposed to be happy for either of them? Are we supposed no. to like, 
Or is this like Euphoria, where every character is so complex, we don't know (laughs) if they're good or bad? Does Pacey get a redemption arc where he finally is not a disgusting (laughs) horn dog? Yeah, maybe the series ends with him leading the women's march. (laughs) (laughs) I really want there to be some development for Pacey, and we do not get any development for Pacey at all in this episode, and I'm assuming for many, many episodes. (laughs) Yeah, because the next one is just... Uh, we just see Jen and Joey having a class together. In biology. Yes. yes. Joey's yep. pissed. Joey mm-hmm. is pissed. She cannot believe that she that Jen wants to sit next to her. I kind of get it. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. I hope everyone becomes friends. I just want them all to have a moment uh, that they share in the opening credits. I just want them all to just have a nice day of running around doing nothing and listening to Paula Cole. I feel like that's going to be our mid-season peak. <laughs> yeah. When we finally get some redemption between Joe, Joey and Jen and Pacey, I don't know, not being a scumbag, maybe. Maybe yeah. they'll have a group sleepover. Ooh, <laughs> all in the same bed. Huge bed. <laughs> <laughs> so next- Tamara will be there. Next we get <laughs> Dawson in his his little ITM, his little moment of, mm-hmm. of glory as he is going into Mr. Gold's classroom. And there is a nice subtle nod to Kevin Williamson here. Did yes. anybody catch it? Yes. I, okay, Cody does. There is a poster yeah. on the wall behind oh, him as yes, he yes, walks yes, in the yeah. in the room, and it's "I know what you did last summer," which is that his first big box office hit. No, Scream was. I thought. I know I thought, you did last summer. I thought that came out first. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But I thought that was interesting. Also, what high school would have that on the wall? And did you also <laughs> notice that this? Yeah, I mean, okay, this is a film class, and that movie Schlock, like, it's really fun, yes. but it's totally Schlock. Yes. I, if I wouldn't do a, like a film class and that was the poster, I'd be like, oh, this is not for me. Yeah. Uh, but this is the second instance of this poster being in this pilot because, really? they, yeah, they the poster was featured also in the video store, oh, and it was just right. like lower in the frame, so you couldn't see it. But I I recognized the top of those of heads. You did. Sarah Michelle Geller. I can spot that hair. Anyway. <laughs> did anyone here have a film class offered in high school? Hell no. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Oh. I was a I very... Did I didn't either. I was a very poor student in high school. And I... Because uh, all I cared about is not doing anything that revolved around high school. And I took film my senior year and I got student of the quarter. Oh. And, it was, and it made me feel really special. Was it for your shot-for-shot shot remake of Creature of the Black Lagoon? <laughs> it was, yeah. I had a lot of research. I grew uh, up That's on, cool that they offered a film class in yeah. high school. It was really cool. So the teacher is watching Psycho. Yeah. But also weird that he's in that classroom by himself just watching Just watching Psycho. it, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, haven't you seen this movie by now? <laughs> it's 9 a.m. <laughs> what are you fucking doing, Mr. Gold? Research. Yeah. And he's like... <laughs> Put out or put off by the fact that Dawson walks in on him while he's watching. Excuse me, can I help you, <laughs> sir? Like also the fact that this uh, comes back, or maybe it already happened, but when Dawson is talking about the quarterback in their high school and he yes. describes him as a schizophrenic uh, transvestite, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yep. that mm-hmm. came in pretty hot. But yep. then it then it came to Psycho, and I'm like, oh, like it's. I mean, it's still offensive, but why? Like, he only thinks in movies. So mm-hmm. he was saying that that quarterback is Norman Bates? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is where he tries to get into the film class, and he tells him it's only for juniors or whatever it is. And he says that the reason he needs to join this class is, I hated the way that this line was delivered, but he's like, passion, Mr. Gold, pure mad driven passion. <laughs> Movies are my life. It felt like it was ripped out of like a 30s movie. And then he caps it off with, the point is, I'm going to be a filmmaker. 
both sides are wrong. That guy is offensive. He should not be a teacher at this high school. He's taking it way too seriously. But also uh, Dawson not understanding that there's class restrictions. Yes. (laughs) Like, that's how school works. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) What do you mean I can't join the football team? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Also, him being like, the point is I'm going to be a filmmaker. How many students can you say, or how many students can say that? I'm sure every student Mm -hmm, that is in this class (laughs) thinks they are going to be a filmmaker. You know, at some level, or at the very least, they have a very deep interest in film, just like you do, you turd. You're making a shitty hack film. And I don't think him being a filmmaker, him destined to be a filmmaker, if he's destined to be a filmmaker like he thinks it is, like he thinks he is, wait till next year. Not going to change anything for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I think think learning film is great, uh, especially if you're interested in it. But he, I mean, high school film is a he's not going to learn anything like there. He already knows everything about psycho. He knew the clearly and uh, he's pretty good at analysis. So it's like, what, why is he so desperate to take this class? That he, he's not, it's because, just a show off. Exactly. Really. He yeah. wants to show off. That's my guess. Jen talks with Joey in the hallway asking mm-hmm. if Jen and Dawson have a thing, which is cute. And this is where uh, we also find out that Joey's father is in prison. Yes. For trafficking for marijuana in excess of 10,000 pounds. Yeah. Uh, that seems really, really extreme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, what's still with her mom? She died. She died. She died. Cancer. A cancer thing. A cancer thing got her. Yeah. Cancer thing got her. So I, yeah, I wrote down that it felt like they were just kind of brushing by a lot yes. of yep. pretty heavy t- Yeah, I think maybe out of that, we get that Joey may be still processing those things. And maybe that's where her, like, you know, her attitude comes from. Yeah, She's grieving those. I think it's a character thing. I think she's just not, she doesn't really know how to talk about those things. Especially if your only friend is some guy who's like, wow, movies. Um, Also, I wrote down, I can't remember when this happened. Um, Someone, was it Pacey? That he has, like, menstrually diverse Yes. 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 What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I don't. Does I don't that know. mean so they're it's my okay. math? I don't rock even band. know. So that is a very good <laughs> band name, but so they have different they I, would, I don't know different what, yeah, I would say that it sure. Yeah, like different menstrual cycles, but like yeah, yeah why but is that? Like, why is that a thing? I mean, why what does that mean? Like because Casey hates women. Well, exactly. That's all it is. Anytime that a woman is being uh like not anything less than sweet, this is me interpreting what yeah. he's saying, of course. Any, any, I think basically anytime a woman is being anything less than flirtatious or sweet with Pacey, he is saying she is on her period. And I think he says that later <laughs> when they go to the movie theater. Yes. That's where I have it in my little timeline, but yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. we're basically there at this point. The mm-hmm. only thing that we the, have to hit on is that. Well, the climax issue thing. From Dawson, I'm having a quote oh, climax issue at the lunch hall. Yeah, in the lunch hall. Yeah. The lunch hall. The this lunch is hall. yeah where we get this, which I thought was actually kind of cute. This is definitely something that my friends and I would do, where we're like we make stories for people around us. Totally. Yeah, I think that that's fun. I thought that was a cute thing to see. I didn't necessarily like the things that they were theorizing about these other people, like the transvestite who the schizophrenic, schizophrenic transvestite. I was like, okay, yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, a different it's all time. mean spirited. Very mean. It's spirited. just like, oh, that guy like murders students or whatever, yeah. and the other one's a yeah. drunk. It's like that's not really fun. I think we missed an important moment during uh, the walk down the hall. Joey tells Jen that she's protective over Dawson, and they kind of yes. have a moment there. Oh, yeah. They do where you know she's kind of being friendly to a Jen and bit. being like, "Here, this is the deal. This is why I'm 
Yeah, he likes. He he really likes you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if, don't play with his emotions. Basically, yeah. yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is the but it's also a veiled threat at the right. same time. Yes. It's not really right. like coming to term. It's not really being like friendly, but it is being friendly. It's the most. It's the closest she's got yeah. at and this then, point in time. Yeah, and then there's the lunch hall, and then the or then yeah. the movie theater. Then we get the exterior shot of Dawson wearing a hat backwards, riding a bike up to Joey, where he convinces her to join mm-hmm. this double date, and she is like. Why? Why am I doing this? What is the point? Which is probably the shortest scene in the entire show. It's I don't like even remember 30 that. Seconds. Yeah, yeah. Or the only thing that might have been shorter is when Pacey is balancing the book on his head. Yes, <laughs> that's true. For it's like a five second ordeal. But yeah, really strange. And it's it's kind of annoying that they really beat us over the head with the theme of like nothing has to change because every single time Dawson and Joey talk, they have the exact same conversation. Yes, it, every time. Yes, nothing mm-hmm. changes here. Then we have the the conversation with Grams and Jen because Jen's yeah. Jen wants to go go out to the yep. movie theater and this is where we get the penis thing the, yeah penis conversation I'll yeah. say I'll, I'll go to church with you if you say the word penis it's purely clinical or medical or whatever and Grams is like about to have an aneurysm she cannot handle she can't process that this word exists clearly like yeah, I mean, it's another thing about modernity versus tradition in this show with hypersexuality. It's like she can't even admit that sex is real. Yeah. Which is interesting. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. But also before this, they were, when she was just trying to like joke around, uh, Jen has another data quote. Like you could just hear data saying mm-hmm. this. I'm simply trying to establish a rapport with you that's based on humor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, cyborg. But also this extortion idea of like her saying like, if you say penis, I'll go to church as someone that grew up in that kind of thing. It would be the same thing. I mean, we were talking about sleepovers earlier. If I had friends that slept over on a Saturday night, my parents were like, that's fine, but they have to go to church with us the next day. Like it's like a bargaining tool constantly. Like we'll give you an inch, but then you have to Hmm. believe the earth is 6,000 years old the next day. I um, wrote down that I felt like Grams looks like the bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) Totally. Her hair. Her hair. Yeah, her salt and pepper hair kind of like the, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like all these characters are being taken from different things. Like that, like they're all from different universes. Like, yeah, they're all aliens. Yes. Yes, they are. (laughs) Also, what was the point of the the scene with Dawson's dad and the aquatic themed restaurant? Are we supposed to, like, what what does that mean? What does that mean? Underwater themed (laughs) restaurant where all of the the employees are wearing scuba gear? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and is it? Are we supposed to think that like Dawson's dad is kind of this, you know, create like creative like uh, he can't get anything done businesses like yeah, kind of a. I don't know. I, I mean, what is that? Stella already started the betting system of this program. Okay. I will also bet one hundred dollars that the series finale takes place in an aquatic themed oh restaurant. Oh my god, you are so you've you've nailed it. If it's not an aquatic themed restaurant, it's definitely a business reveal for Dawson's dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. Man meets aquatic theme park. Watching her work is the best foreplay. Oh god, <laughs> yes, it is disgusting. And then that hair, which is that hairdo, uh, like a hair helmet. I mean. All 90s hair was basically a hair helmet, but her hair especially was just so, so mm-hmm. full. Um, I, can't, I can't tell if this is a quote I wrote down. If sex is so important, why doesn't Spielberg have a mm-hmm. sex scene yes. in any of his movies? Well, that's what- it has, He says he has never had a sex scene in any of his movies. Yeah. Dawson claims that it, Spielberg- Is that true? 
Uh, well, it kind of is. Okay. I mean, like there are characters that definitely insinuate that something sexual has happened between them, but there is never a sex scene in his movies. But the answer is because those movies are supposed to be broad. Right. Like you, you go to right. a Spielberg movie with your entire family to enjoy it, and there's right. never going to be anything that's like slightly controversial. Though I would love to see a graphic sex scene in E.T. Yes. <laughs> I wrote down oh E.T. God. too, because as a joke I said, clearly he's never seen E.T. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just like, okay, Dawson, like, He's, are you just like, everything in your life is just movies? Like, well, it gets back to Spielberg has the answer to all of life's questions. And if there isn't sex in a Spielberg movie, I don't want it. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. He works at a video store, though. Couldn't he broaden his nope. That's what I like? I don't understand it because <laughs> if, if he watched his just- access to so many. Yeah, if he watched one movie by a different filmmaker and it has something that's complicated in it, does his brain just shut down? Yeah. He's like, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't Spielberg. Um, Sorry, just going back a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, in what fucking world does a father say to his son, yeah. watching her work is the best foreplay? Like, what is going on in this town? I, hypersexualized world. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. it's it's the only answer. There is got there's got to be. Well, I mean, I'm wondering if every episode is like this. If we constantly are getting hit over the head with hypersexualization, or if it is going to be like an episode by episode. This episode is clearly introducing all of the sexual tension that exists mm-hmm. in this world. I hope that we get less of it as it goes on because it's frankly it's a little bit exhausting. <laughs> it's Too a much. Bit exhausting to have every scene revolve around. Yes sex introducing sex somebody's problems with having sex somebody wants to have sex somebody mm-hmm. and, and also problematic views of mm-hmm. sex yes like the women are treated as disgusting for wanting to have sex right like granted miss jacobs is disgusting for wanting to have sex with a literal child yeah. but <laughs> like there's no there is no celebration of uh mrs leary dawson's mom for her sex life it is celebrating mr man meets sex mm-hmm. life yes this is man meat is being punished for being with Bob. Exactly. That yeah. the the what we get from this episode is as we will we're gonna get to soon, but with that final scene, it is wrong for her to be sexually active. It is wrong for her to have sexual desires because what it leads to is infidelity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the men, it's totally cool because we can talk about fucking virgins, we can talk about fucking anybody we want, yeah. we can talk about mm-hmm. fucking our teachers, we can talk about fucking your mom. It's all right. Why do why do you have a problem with this? And this is a Kevin Williamson product. There has to be a statement there because he is so self-aware. Everything has yeah. a purpose. So I really want to know what it is that he's trying to say. Well, also Scream, that's a major plot point too because uh, I can't believe I'm spacing on the main character of Scream. You mean Nev Campbell? Nev Campbell's character. Nev Campbell's character. Yeah, Sydney. Uh, yeah, Yeah. okay, so her mom, uh, I mean, that was like the big thing and that was what led to the murders is her mom uh, having an affair. Does Kevin Williamson have really traumatic sex? Like, is that, is, is it... I mean, sorry, not, does he have traumatic sex? Does he have trauma <laughs> around sex? Is that I think what so. we are learning about Kevin Williamson? Because you're right, that is a big issue in all of the screen movies is like this relationship with sex. Though I would say that there's also some like power in that because like we get in Scream, we get this like, you know, she only has sex, Sydney only has sex when she is ready to have sex. She is in control of when she has sex. She's never taken advantage of, but it is all revolving around sex and sexual sexuality. This show is just filled with so much weird sex. 
It's also, it kind of reminds me of like that. Uh, let's put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Bessie's painting a birdhouse. Yes. Bessie and her birdhouses. Well, I, I just want to <laughs> talk about character development and how characters are introduced. And Bodhi, we first see him making the big old pot of fake food and everyone calls it orgasmic. And then we see him again now and he's reading Bon Appetit magazine. <laughs> Bessie and Bodhi with their birdhouses and Bon Appetit. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> it's a lot of bee here. stuff. Soft and bees. Bob. Yep. Soft bees. Bob. Bob. Back to you, Bob. I just love, I, I love that for Dawson, his whole thing is movies. Everything has to be related to movies. And once we start getting more of Bodhi, I hope the only thing he talks about is food. And if anyone talks about anything else outside uh-huh. of food, his brain just shuts down. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if he like follows a basic chef. Someone right. like, who's the Steven Spielberg of food? Totally. I don't know. Guy Fieri. <laughs> Rachel Ray. Oh, Rachel Ray. Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Yep. Yeah, so this is the scene where Bess, Joey is about to, so we're all leading up to basically the the movie date, right? This this fucking, like, <laughs> I don't know, extortion attempt to get Pacey laid by uh, an older lady. And this is where Joey is about to walk out and, uh, and Bess stops her and puts lipstick on her. Yeah. Forcibly. Yes, Forcibly. this is... Interesting. Scene. Very uncomfortable. What did you two? Okay, yeah. Mal, Stella, well, what did you think about this? So you're 15, and your older sister stops you and forces you to put lipstick. You had an older sister. Mm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I do have thoughts about the scene, but we you, didn't yeah. have this type of relationship. She never stopped you in the hall and just applied makeup <laughs> on you before you left. No, I wonder what do we know how old the sister is? What the age gap is there? It looks it like seems a big sizable. Age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like I'd say like eight. Yeah. Plus yeah. So years. I mean, yeah, I feel like you know, it's like okay, there is maybe more of clearly there's more of like a motherly right. kind of mm-hmm. vibe yeah. there. But also, their mom died, so maybe yeah. she had to take over the the motherly role. Feature about um, the word orgasm. I just <laughs> like the confusion. Of, on Joey's face when it's like have you never put chapstick on like the way yeah. that she didn't know how to <laughs> press her lips together yes. Yes. Very I'm, weird. I'm sorry but like really also have you just never <laughs> seen lipstick is right. this like a completely <laughs> like foreign for, concept yeah. to you yeah. uh, and speaking of concepts that I don't understand uh, for those that have worn makeup or wear it regularly, do you have to reapply lipstick every 30 minutes yeah, yeah uh, back then it, I mean it depends it, Yes, if you're a lipstick wearer, you um, have to do it. And right, and like lipstick is, I think over time has gotten better and like lasted longer. But but yeah, that was a thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That, seems that seems so crazy. excessive. Yeah. yeah, I'm. Where is it going? That you need to oh. reapply it that much. You're like Just eating, eating it. drinking. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Soda cans. Kissing. Mm. Yeah. Kissing. Yeah, definitely lots of kissing going on. A lot of soda cans. That's true. Lipstick all over them. Hmm. Uh, um, this is my favorite moment from Joey in the show, and she does it twice <laughs> here and later. Is her running full speed yeah. to uh, her, her her personal boat? Her personal boat, yeah. But yeah. her run is I I don't even. There are no words to describe the full speed franticness in, that is in. It's like she's getting chased by a serial killer. Yeah, uh, I've never been that excited to go meet up friends ever. Also. Something that you don't want to do. <laughs> we know that Joey does not want to do this. She's like, yeah. oh, God, mm-hmm. okay, fine. But she is so excited to go and do it that she is sprinting out of her front yard 
to get there. I find it shocking. <laughs> I didn't notice the run, but yeah, maybe she was just excited to go row her boat. Yes, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's her favorite thing to it's do. Like, I yeah. her her running reminds me of like if like I don't run ever, but if someone were to ask me to run right now, it's what I would do because <laughs> I, like, I don't know how to use my limbs. Just yeah. like she doesn't know how to purse her lips. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So now we move on to the street at night as the four kids are walking to the movies. And this is where Joey decides to, I guess, assert herself with Jen. And she Mm -hmm. says, so, uh, Jen, are you a virgin? Yeah, a lot of very strange interactions. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. hypersexualization, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting back to that. We're reintroducing it. Jen is really intense and really mean spirited. Mm -hmm. Very mean spirited. I'm trying to remember, is there, like, when Joey, when we see them all outside, um, is there a reaction from the boys when they see Joey with the lipstick no. on? Like, uh, no. Later, there's a moment later, later but in this scene, Je, uh, Jen, Jen compliments Joey's yes. lipstick, and then Joey sarcastically c- t- tells Jen that she likes her hair color, but it's like, color it yeah, but it's very sarcastic, like, yeah. Yeah, I which yeah. I initially was like, oh, okay, cool. They're bonding. But then... And then but, she brings up the virginity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But then Jen is like, I don't know. I, I There's just... The, <laughs> I don't I don't really understand. I do understand it, but I don't understand it. It's so ham-handed. Like, mm-hmm. their, their fighting feels both simultaneously relatable and also, like, just like everything in the show, Very. so contrived. Caddy, like, Very catty. is that necessary? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joey says that she lost her virginity to a trucker named Bubba. Right. Cool. Like, haven't okay. we all? Haven't yep. we all? Yep. And then she says something is, oh, no, that's that's when we're in the movie theater. But we do see, this is a, a fun little detail mm. that I noticed. Mm-hmm. As they get to the movie theater, Dawson, like, pulls Joey aside and is like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. And Joey, like, freaks out, and she throws her, her denim jacket up over her shoulders, and we see her mic pack. Mm-hmm. On, oh, on I did her just, back as, for as just the camera goes up, and you see the, like, yeah. the whole Rialto sign. Yeah. She goes like this, and her Which, mic pack's down there. Also, I feel like this was a costuming mistake. The, there's something wrong with her denim yes. jacket, like, throughout this whole episode. <laughs> there's a scene in Dawson's bedroom where her jacket is, like, there's like a crease in it where it's probably stuck on the mic pack also. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I She's thought that was interesting. constantly fussing with it the entire show. And it's like too. off Every to the she's side. wearing it. Katie Holmes right to the show tells yes, us. But Katie. it also goes along with her, you know, girl next door casual. Like, it's, yeah. to, it's totally Tom her vibe. Yeah. So we find out they're going to see Waiting for Guffman. Yeah. Also such a strange choice because all mm-hmm. the movies have been kind of related to other things that are in-universe so far. So Waiting and then for we Guffman is, yeah, which yeah. is a great movie. It's a really funny movie. I guess, yeah. I bet it's, Waiting for Guffman paid for feature, I guess. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of, or that the studios are somehow aligned. But yeah, we get this really weird, you know, continuation of the cattiness. And Stella pointed out, are you a size queen? Have you have you seen his hands or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. Like, Well, she says, says this after Dawson's fiddling with yes. his hands, yes. trying to touch Jen's hand. And right. then I think that's when... Yes. Such Joey says, "Are you size queen? Yeah. We all have oh, yeah. that mo- totally. moment 100%. on a first date <laughs> yeah. where you're like, your hand is millimeters away from the other person, and you're like, will I do this? <laughs> and it just that moment is also so terrifying before you've ever touched the other person. And so I, I felt very seen in that moment. And well, then what a fucker Joey is to blow that whole thing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, going into the show, that's what my expectation of the show was going to be. I thought it was going to be very innocent right. in the same way of Gilmore Girls, where it's like, like these like little like hand touchy moments. Like those are the big moments instead of people being like, you think she's a virgin, right? Like, which is just so far out and not cool. I don't know. But yeah, this is the highlight of the episode. Just these little mm-hmm. teenage moments. Cause that's what 15 year olds are doing. Yeah. But yeah, this is the, the, are you a size queen? Did you notice the long fingers? And then Dawson rips her out of the movie and we go back into the lobby. But before that happens, we get Pacey's mm-hmm. plan launches into full effect. He immediately excuses himself from his friends. And starts up a full-on fucking conversation with Mrs. Miss Jacobs while the movie is on. Tamara. Tamara. Yeah, for sure. Some milk duds. Yes. Yes. What <laughs> so a romantic. Yeah. yeah. What a romantic gesture that is. And just another like Lynchian thing about the scene is Waiting for Guffman's a really funny movie from start to finish, and no one is laughing in the theater. Everyone is dead <laughs> silent watching this movie. Yeah, and you even see a shot of Christopher Guest. So it's like, uh-huh. this is supposed to be funny. Yeah. Like, no one's interacting with it the way they should. And Miss Jacobs, Tamara's date, walks up as mm-hmm. Pacey is there trying to flirt with her. His name is Benji. And Pacey, which- leave Benji alone. <laughs> What is with this show and weird names? For a second, I thought he was the film so did professor. I. Is is he? No. Okay. Well, I mean, he looks unless, like him, kind of. Unless his name is Benji Gold, but I I tried to look okay. at it and I think that they were credited credited okay. as different people. So I'm pretty sure not. But I agree, they look very similar. But I also <laughs> yeah. feel like all of the adults in this mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say all these identical. white men are exactly the same. <laughs> are all like I mean, it could be for all we know, it could be Dawson's dad. <laughs> Right. I, maybe it is. Maybe he's also got an affair going on. Mr. Man meet himself. But the they fight and uh, Pacey makes Benji throw his popcorn all mm-hmm. over the man behind him, who is the only sane person in this oh, entire yeah. movie theater who's like, hey, can you guys stop talking? I'm trying to watch this movie yeah. that I paid for. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that we're all fucking in this theater trying to watch a movie? It was extremely reminds cathartic like, to see him throw punches for it. It reminds me yes. of like the Seinfeld scenes when they go to movies. It's like oh, a yeah. classic movie scene, like movie theater yeah. scene. <laughs> Yeah, I I liked that. I thought that was fun. Well, then we get the the Joey stop living in the movie speech. Yeah. And nothing penetrates with you, Dawson. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm trying to say in my notes here. What about Dawson having a crush is creating a conflict slash him living in a movie? Creating a, what is creating conflict with Joey? Your, your notes or, are like a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that what about that is him living in a movie? I, yes, yes. What I about think that's what, like what? Like, oh, I agree. Right. Yeah. It's he a was, normal thing to have a crush. So yeah, why yeah. is he right, living yeah. in a movie yes, yes, for yes. having a crush? But I right. think what she is seeing, saying, which is not delivered particularly well in this moment, ties back to the, what she says in the first part of that argument, which is. You're always looking mm-hmm. for a conflict in your screenplay. You know, mm-hmm. something yeah. is old. You're basically just harvesting everything that's happening in life to put into your screenplay because your life is so perfect. You don't have any conflict of your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a pretty big dig. I mean, oh, totally. she yeah. definitely calls right. him out pretty hard and he's just like, get the fuck out of here, Joey. You're, you're fucking crazy. All right. But it's, 100% what he's doing. He doesn't actually live in his own life, as far mm-hmm. as we can tell. Mm-hmm. Everything about him, as we've been talking about this entire thing, revolves exclusively around movies. Mm-hmm. It is all about how he can make his hack film about Creature of the Black Lagoon. 
a little bit better, how he can live up to being Spielberg. And I, I kind of loved this, this moment where Joey finally like stands up to him in a way and tells him to grow up. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> it right now. Joey's my favorite character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love Katie she's Holmes great. in this. I thought she was really charismatic and mm. I was with her 100% of I the time. I feel like she's the most relatable person yeah. in the entire yeah. film. Okay. Maybe, film. Maybe. His. Film. <laughs> God damn it. Like, I can't wait until they make a Dawson's Creek movie. <laughs> well, I don't know. Now I'm conflicted because I love Jen because she's sober and an atheist. But I think <laughs> what the problem with the show yeah. is, is none of the men are likable and all no. the women well, are great. Jen yeah. is not super relatable. I think Joey is a lot more relatable. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jen isn't relatable because her dialogue makes right. absolutely yeah. no mm-hmm. sense. And she's also in this very strange position. Whereas Joey, I feel like while her dialogue doesn't make sense, we've all been mm-hmm. in her shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, yeah, Joey's more relatable, but who the fuck says stuff like a fuck, like a size queen and um, long fingers, more genitalia? Like what what teenage girl is talking like that? I wasn't. Well, (laughs) I mean, mean, yeah, it's just that like super stylistic dialogue. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, going into the show, I thought it was going to be a little more grounded and realistic, but everyone talks like a like a super sexy noir character. It feels mm-hmm. like it's somewhere between a soap opera and a like a grounded sitcom. Yeah, you it know? is very it's, soapy. It's, it's like I got yeah. a foot in both, which I actually kind of love about it. It does feel, to your point, Lynchian in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like Lynchian stuff is always weird as yeah. fuck, and I feel like we're getting a little bit of that in this. Sh- well, we're getting a lot uh-huh. of that in this show, except without the weird like supernatural paranormal kind of stuff that Lynch often features in his stuff though I can't wait to find out if we do get something like that. <laughs> I mean Pacey seems like an alien so I don't <laughs> Hello there. Jumping in on the commercial break to remind you to find us online. We're on social media at Freaks and Creeks Pod where we post all sorts of great content. So come and join the conversation. We'd love to have you. We also have a website, freaksandcreeks.com. It has a really sleek web player, which means you can listen from anywhere or share episodes directly with your friends and family. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. I was just about to say, the, the, this is, goes into the the very hard cut to the next sequence, which is just yes. outside Jen's house. and. I was very shocked by this, that that's the end of what we're getting at the movie theater. Like it ended mm-hmm. with a punch yeah. and they don't really hang around anymore. But um, the supernatural aspect of the grandmother being in the doorway, watching them. And mm-hmm. it's another yes. silhouetted shot Terrifying. of her with like her hands yeah. on her hips. And I mean, there's just, I don't know what it is. There's something very haunting about that image. And I think she might be a demon ghost <laughs> creature. I don't know. I believe it. Maybe that is our paranormal entity she's in our, this show. She's, Bob from the Black Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> this scene, I have so many questions. I to to your point, Cody. I how did we get from the movie theater to here? So so we've got Joey, we've got Dawson, we've got Jen, and we've got Pacey, and then all of a sudden we've just got Dawson just and over. Jen mm-hmm. at home. What the fuck happened? Yeah, did they never question what happens to Pacey? Did they well, not we do, see? They the return to that happened? later. I know that they do, but yeah, it's but confusing in that moment. These four, they right. don't. They yeah. don't question this. They're just like, oh, well, he probably made it work. It's also yeah. really strange that their conversation here, Jen is apologizing for the bad evening. Repulsive. Yes. Yeah. Da- wait, no, Dawson calls Dawson the evening calls- repulsive. Which yes. I thought was yeah. funny. I, that got a chuckle <laughs> yeah, out of me. I know, I was like, <laughs> repulsive. Wow, it's a strong word. Uh, but <laughs> I don't understand why 
the fault would ever be placed on her. If anything, Pacey ruined the evening. It's all oh, Pacey's yeah. fault for everything. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're there, and Dawson says he has a big old L on his forehead. Jen Jen tells him at least he has clear right. skin. <laughs> and then they're basically like, let's just pretend we kissed because we've got this demonic specter watching over us mm-hmm. from the porch. And that ends their date. Um, and now we get to go into the grossest scene, most mm. oh disgusting scene. Probably the most problematic thing I've seen on television in I a long time. I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, to say the least, mm-hmm. I really thought that we were going to get a moment of redemption for this TV show and this episode <laughs> where they were, where, where instead of, okay, spoil, let's, let's discuss, let's right. discuss let's, this yeah, scene. Okay. Yeah. So, so Pacey yeah. is walking down the boardwalk. We're on the boardwalk of Cape Side which is beautiful. I would love if, if our ta- if we, okay, we live in Portland, Oregon. We have a nice waterfront here. We've got a beautiful waterfront park. If our waterfront looked like this, I would be fucking walking up and down that shit every night. It was so cool. I would love to be there. But anyway, he's walking there like a fucking like a Marx brother in a in a movie. In his he's got baggy his pants. Baggy pants. They are basically a dress. I mean, it is Super insane. Baggy. Well, I also really like the music during this because it totally reminded me of the Charlie Brown Christmas time is here music <laughs> that they use in Arrested Development for George Michael whenever he's sad and mopey. Yeah, and he's basically just like kicking his heels on the ground, moping with his big ass black eye. Mm-hmm. And who does he run into? Tamara. Of Miss course. Jacobs. Why is she there on the boardwalk by herself? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. Not us. Also, let's just like really, let's put this under the microscope. He's sad because a woman that is 30 years his senior and he is a child wouldn't kiss him during a movie that he thought she invited him to. That's very weird. Yeah, he's he's sad because he is rebuffed from an older woman who doesn't want to statutory rape him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is illegal. Publicly. Publicly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a very small town. Remember, this is a tiny town from everything that we have to judge off of. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine being a moviegoer in this town of 10 and looking over and say like, hey, isn't that the new teacher that just came into yeah. high school? Why is she with one of her students? So yeah, we 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 get this beautiful discourse of Pacey <laughs> calling her a well-put-together knockout of mm-hmm. a woman who is insecure about herself because she's turning 40. And that she enjoys a young boy hitting on her. Not just a young boy, but a young fertile boy. Fertile. Yeah. Disgusting. That it helps 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 her stay feeling attractive. And yet again, Quote, he calls himself a young virile boy on the verge of manhood. Could someone define virile for me? You've got a lot of vigor. You are um, okay. capable of reproducing easily is Having what virile means. Having strength, energy, and a strong sex drive. Nice. Uh, And then he says, quote, I'm the best sex you'll never have. Exactly. I wrote that down too. And, but I, okay. So he, he's a 15 year old virgin. Wait, do we know he's a virgin? Yeah. I have a note. So I, I've moved past it, but I wrote down, of course he's a virgin because he's a school shooter. (laughs) So I thought that they had confirmed it, but so him saying that he's the best sex that she'll never have. And in my mind, he's a 15-year-old virgin yeah. uh, who's obsessed with sex. I feel like if they were to have sex, it would be like MacGruber. Yes. Like, he'd just be <laughs> humping very quickly, screaming, I'm a shoot. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just want to know in his head why he thinks he's a great lay. Does he have long fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Is he tall? Oh, God. I just can't. He's a size king. Uh, ooh, baby. 
So she re- she has a wonderful rebuttal here, which I would I've been trying I've been thinking about this since the first time I saw it. She says you're wrong about one thing, Pacey. You're not a boy. Ew. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Out of Why? everything, I did not think that's what she would no, say. No, <laughs> this yeah. is what I was talking about. I thought we were going to get this redemption of right. the fucking show so far that we were going to finally get a moment that makes sense, <laughs> that we were going to get some kind of like goodness in this world. And she was going to basically have a moralistic statement and mm-hmm. say, look, I am a, you're right. I am turning 40. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. you misinterpreted this whole thing, but it is wrong for me to have sex with my student. It is wrong for me to have sex with a child, and that's what you are. I could not wrap my mind around it, and I've been trying to figure out what is it that made Tamara realize realize that Pacey is not a boy from this. The fact that he is insolent when he gets rebuffed, because that's basically like... <laughs> shitty dude behavior that's not anything about being a man maybe it's being a man in the 90s right i'm entitled to your body so why aren't you giving it to me maybe. oh you're right you are a man <laughs> i was just gonna say this is like her soap opera moment like definitely oh, definitely. definitely yeah this is why she was cast. Yeah. she was so good yeah they might have might as well have just spread vaseline on the lens right. in that moment yeah. and she had a really good i've made a huge mistake reaction definitely <laughs> and then she says i'll or sorry he says i'll see you in school miss jacobs <laughs> I'll see you in court, motherfucker. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this is bad. Everything that this show is promoting is bad. And I, and I say that with media literacy, like this show is not demonizing any no. of the relationship. She's a bad person. No, she took advantage of it. Yes. She yeah. is a horrible person. And I honestly cannot wait to see how this plot line evolves over the rest yeah. of the season. Like I have a bad feeling about it. I feel like they're going to try to make, I, look, okay. I think you're right, but I hope to the God that I don't believe exists. Thank you, Jen, <laughs> atheist party. Um, I hope that we get some kind, some kind of like uh, running this back moment. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's basically going to be, she loses her job. So then the only person that gets punished is yet again, the woman, which I've already pointed out. I feel like this show hates women. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, and Pacey no. is know. going, well, yeah, they, they do and they don't, but, I feel like, well, at the very least, we'll they're see. shining it's a light. Pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They're shining a light on the difference in treatment of men and women. To, mm-hmm. to, my, in my interpretation of this show, yeah, it's pretty bad. But at least, uh, so let's get into the final sequence the of beautiful scene. Yeah, uh, we. <laughs> I, How often do you walk your dog? Okay. <laughs> so that yeah, Dawson's room. He finds Joey hiding in, in the his, closet. In the cl- which I want to note, he made a point. I don't know if this means anything, but earlier when he was talking about the his movie posters, yes, the, his the two that he keeps inside the closet are the movies 1941 and mm-hmm. Always. Yes, does that yes. mean anything? I don't know of just, anything about those movies, but they're very poorly received. Okay, but he keeps them there because he likes them. Yeah. Right. So that's like. His, so is that mean something that Joey's Spielberg. hiding in his closet? My interpretation of that is that he those are his guilty pleasures. Yeah. He's he's okay. ashamed that he likes them. So is this some kind of commentary on Joey's relationship? Mm-hmm. Their relationship. This is his guilty. Joey is his guilty pleasure. He's not supposed to right. like her, but because he, he grew up with her, and you know she's like a sister to him, maybe. But that's that was my initial yeah. reading on that. I was like, okay, so we already know that this is his forbidden zone. And right. where does she go? His forbidden zone. Also, what the fuck? She just escapes and then breaks into his house and yeah. hides in his closet amongst some. Well, dirty she's got ass her ladder. I, <laughs> well, it probably keeps the there? window open. 
the the run of the movie because they that fight true. happens yeah. on oh, the very true. first scene yeah. of waiting for Guffman. Also, she ran it, home. Yes. Uh, <laughs> did ran to his house. Did her in the closet uh, remind anyone else of the ring when they yes. say, I saw her face and then it smashes to that? Oh, well, she's oh, basically yeah. in the same yeah. position. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. I thought her face was going to be distorted. I was scared. <laughs> I was scared. Um, also, just to like, if we really want to play uh, armchair psychologist with this, Kevin Williamson is gay yes. and he wrote this mm. character to represent him and his childhood crush. As a child, I'm sure Joey in real life was a boy. Interesting. Oh, and the fact interesting. that Joey as a character is being placed in the closet. Yes. Oh, that is some yeah. deep reading there. I like that. Good catch. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> I love this line yeah. that happens, this exchange between Joey and Dawson here where she says, "I or no, Dawson says, I know I have this incredibly perfect life and I should appreciate it. And I'm sorry, I was an incredibly insensitive male. I thought I was above it. Okay. Right. Again, nobody talks like this. Nope. No 15-year-old boy is calling themselves an incredibly insensitive male. Did it, maybe you heard it from his dad. Mr. Manmeat? Mm, I like that. Okay, so you're saying that there is some trouble in paradise. Mr. and Mrs. Manmeat are fighting. And Mr. Manby calls himself an incredibly insensitive male. Where else would he hear that line? Oh, I guess movies. Movies, movies yeah. Movies, of course. Well, he's raised by TV. We right, know right. This. So yeah. is there some is there a movie, movie or TV show where somebody calls himself an incredibly insensitive male and he's just picking this up? I firmly believe that he only speaks in movie club. Wait, let me just... Uh, hmm, what about... Um, I'm going to go to my research right what's here. What's the... <laughs> oh, wow. It says here that all of his dialogue has been taken from Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I... Didn't like this. Joey is feeling apologetic for expressing herself. And Dawson is, I mean, he is kind of taking some share of the blame here. So at least it's not like he's playing into the fact that she's wrong. But I don't know. It kind of skis. I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I felt like it would have been, I mean, I, I felt, it felt relatable. I've definitely been in that position where I act out based on my emotions. And then I apologize for acting out based on my emotions. I just wish that she owned up to the fact that she was right instead of basically mm -hmm. like walking it back. He also, in this moment, he tells her how pretty she looked with the lipstick on. Yes. Back yeah. to the lipstick. <laughs> Weird Meaning thing. that he didn't notice her before, but, yeah. you know. It's like... When I saw you at the movie theater with that lipstick on, I remember thinking how pretty you looked. That's so weird. Their relationship is so strange to me. Odd. I mean, she is right to be confused mm -hmm. if oh, that's yeah. what they have. Um, anyways, uh, we get the the big question. Uh, We've been teasing oh. all episode. Yeah. <laughs> Dawson, yeah. how many times do you creak a day? How often do you walk your dog, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way Which, she asks, I can't sleep over anymore. Yeah. How Which, often do you walk your dog? Why is that the... I, I mean, I guess I get it, right? We're, we're, we're finally confronting this sexual awakening. But at the same time, that just feels so weird. That just no feels one would so ever ask anyone. No, no. I, like, I remember thinking like, okay, no more, no more spending the night. Like when I, you know, as sure. at this age with like my guy friends or whatever, but would that never would I have thought to say that, yeah. you know, like, would you? <laughs> I'm not talking to like, just like. I feel like at that age, it's like you're not really like talking about masturbation. No, like in mm -hmm. general, like you might gonna... be thinking about. It. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So after this question cannot be answered, 
Joey does my favorite run once again. Yep. And mm-hmm. run, <laughs> runs to the boat in one of the weirdest, most awkward, like I, her physical performance in this run, I can't get over it. Uh, <laughs> listeners go to our Instagram. We'll post a video. Uh, <laughs> but he screams out Katie Couric every morning and ha ha ha. She smiles like a Lynchian character. While she cries. While, while she cries. Usually in the morning. Paddling. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Joey's laugh cry. Yeah. At, at that. Her reaction is like a laugh cry. Yeah. And as she rose away. Yeah. The, the moment of, of like. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. Yeah. I, I kind of half expected that to end up with her getting out of the boat, running back into the house, and then they have a sleepover now. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, sleepover. A sleepover. Yeah. But instead, Boat. what we see is Joey paddles away, and then she, what does mm-hmm. she do? She looks over. And Mrs. Manmeat is smooching on Bob. Mm-hmm. Soft Bob. Soft Bob. <laughs> Soft Bob. Soft Bob. But cliffhanger. then she looks up at the window and Dawson does not see this. So mm-hmm. Joey has some information that Dawson doesn't have. What is mm-hmm. she going to do with this information? Is she going to tell Dawson? I'm, I'm asking you guys this right now. Is Joey going to tell Dawson what she saw? Or is she going to hide this information? She knows mm-hmm. that Dawson already suspects it, right? They had this whole scene. So what does Joey do? She's their best friends. I think Joey is protective over Dawson. So I don't, I feel like she's not going to say something anything. right right away. Anything yeah, right away. I kind of feel like yeah. she's going to wait to tell him. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what's going to happen. I think they will form a romantic relationship. And then by this point, I think Joey will have told another character about this. And then Dawson hmm. is going to hear this from a third party and that's going to disintegrate their relationship. Who do you think she's she's going to tell? Jen. They're yeah. going to become really? best friends. Okay. For sure. Okay. I, I like that read a lot because yeah. why else would they have this intense hatred right now if not to have some kind of redemption and where they I, yeah. become friends? I feel like in order to tell Jen, they're going to something else is going to have to happen for her to tell that to Jen. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, something, they're going to have to become close. I think this is what the close. season finale is going to lead oh, up okay. to. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. What's going to happen is Dawson is going to not not reciprocate Jen's feelings. And then Joey is going to tell Jen, oh, it's okay. Dawson has issues because he thinks, he's, he suspects something is going on with his family. So therefore, he can't engage in these romantic feelings. Mm. That's what is going to happen. She's going to basically say, I, you know, I know this because I mm-hmm. saw them kissing. Yeah. That's going to be the secret that they have, mm. which is then going to win Joey, to Cody's point, when Joey and Dawson hook up, then Jen is going to be like, wait, what the fuck? I thought it was because you have these things, these, this, these hangups, but instead it's actually because Joey and you are secretly trying to get together. Mm. We could have written the show. Yep, I think I, we did. I, I'm sure all you listeners are snickering that yeah. n- know what happens. Yes. Keep those giggles in your pockets, friends. Yeah. Shout them at your phone. Don't tweet us. We don't have Twitter, but don't tweet us anyway. Don't Instagram us. Don't email us. Nothing. We want to be gloriously wrong. And when we are wrong, we will admit it. But I, like I said, I've never been wrong. So you're going to have to wait for quite a while. Um, I want to know like what the um, creative decision making was um, behind like <laughs> Joey having to row yeah. to... To and from Dawson's house, mm-hmm. like, why not like have her ride a bike? Well, yeah, well, because it's Dawson's it, Creek, exactly, and it's to Cody's. It's I feel his like, creek, so I feel like Cody it all nailed revolves it. around. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like Cody nailed it when he had his free association <laughs> moment with water equals life. Oh, totally. and all of this stuff, right? 
this water, what does water do? It, it rushes from a point A to point B. It's always moving. It's, it's like, it brings life. So what better way to symbolize that these kids are moving and growing and, and coming into their own than having them Damn. constantly be using this waterway as their source of transportation. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it is this um, throwback to a, like, the golden age of America, right? When you could, yeah. you didn't ever lock your doors and there was no such thing as crime and all of this stuff, right? Well, what is a better symbolization of that than like kids being able to move about freely? And mm-hmm. bicycle, to your point, is like the way that that's normally shown. Like, look at Stranger Things. In the things. 80s. The kids yeah. were always riding around Bicycles. on bikes. But I feel like the boat thing is more timeless and also out of time. Also water, emotional, tears. Totally. Oh, yeah. It's that, you know, like... I feel like water is such, it's such an emotion. Like it's, you know, it's which is hard. It's yeah. Because they really don't, I mean, they feature the Creek constantly. It basically right. opens with, it does open with the Creek. Yeah. We're constantly going back to the water, the waterway. They're shooting the movie along the water, the boardwalk, everything is happening around this Creek, but they also really don't make a big deal about this Creek. We don't mm-hmm. get any explanation about the creek, uh, nothing, nothing ever <laughs> no. happens yeah. really there. But everything is happening there at the same time, and that's where our episode ends. We we get that right. That's that's what it closes on. We get the roll credits. Do they play? Uh, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over again. At the end, I is, that the, is that the credits music? Um, I feel like we just cool get like an in, They should I make like an instrumental know. acoustic version. Of that would be cool. cool. What did you all think about this episode? I mean, I know we've talked about it at length at this point, but I would love if we all gave our, on a one to five scale, what did you think? Five creeks? One creek? How many creeks? I'll go first. Okay, you go first. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny because after the episode finished for the first time, I, I gave it three and a half out of five. I thought, you know, this is what I wrote. I said like, despite all the extreme horniness and dated character tropes, I thought it was a a solid pilot and all the characters have clear goals and intentions and there's enough melodrama to hook an audience. So I'm excited to see more, but in retrospect, thinking about it more, I don't really understand any of the intentions of the characters. I mean, they have goals and we're watching those goals happen, but I don't know why any of it's happening other than the fact that everyone's horny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes and no, I think I would probably knock, a half off of that and just give it a three out of five. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty weird. It's a pretty weird show. Yeah. I mean, my initial, my first blush watch, I gave it a five out of five because I was like, this is the best show I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot understand this. I loved the 90s nostalgia factor. I really, I basically wanted to immediately just binge the entire season Mm -hmm. right then and there. I was so hooked. Um, On my second watch, it went down to a three out of five. (laughs) And on my third watch, it basically stayed right about there. The third watch I did basically just skim through every, like, just clicking through. I didn't actually watch any of the scenes um, to to completion. So I feel like it's somewhere between a three and a five um, for me. I'll just go ahead and give it a three out of five because I feel like that's probably more accurate. But it wasn't, I mean, as far as pilots go, like Cody yeah. said, I feel like it was pretty solid. A lot of times pilots suck, in my opinion. They they are too, they're full of exposition, right? We don't actually get a whole lot of development. We didn't get any development in this episode, but at least I feel like we got some stakes. We got, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can clearly map out what this season is going to be, which is always fun because mm-hmm. then I get to find out that I'm right. Cause again, never been wrong. 
So um, <laughs> can't wait to find that out. But I, I did enjoy it. And like I said, I still really want to watch the rest of this show. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it a three out of five. Yeah. I'll give it a four. I think, I mean, it was so chaotic that I want to watch more. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I just want, I want to know where everyone's character goes. And I, yeah, pretty simple. I don't know. I actually, you know, I'm I'm gonna amend mine. I'm gonna give it a two out of five because I cannot stand this weird <laughs> child sex thing that happens between Miss Jacobs and Pacey. It can't it can't get it out of my head. If that scene didn't exist, I would keep it at a three out of five. But that just really, really, really bothers me, and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, whenever I try to i I try to watch everything with the context of the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love a lot of older movies and you always have to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's ridiculous when people watch something like Gone with the Wind and they think like, oh, that's racist. It's like, of course it was racist. Yeah. It came out in 1939. <laughs> you know how racist America was and still is? Right. But I mean, it's still like, that's what it was like back then. It mm-hmm. was, you know, it was really problematic then. And it's true. Even more problematic now that we can like view it with the lens that we have. So I just wish listeners, if you watched it back in 1998, please tell us, yeah. mm-hmm. was this problematic? Or at the time, were you just like, oh, that's a crazy plot? Right. Like, what was your rating back then versus now? Yeah. yeah. Would you- Maybe I'm just a member of the woke police, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if I watched it back then, I probably would have had a problem with it because I just, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. Mm-hmm. But that said, I do also think that they were playing to the times. You are right. In the mm-hmm. 90s, there was this very much like, yeah, get them, boys, mentality of like, you know, like you were talking about with Bill Maher and his commentary around anything that happens with this. Where was that teacher when I was a kid? That was very much <laughs> the mentality of um, of men and viewing women as objects for sex. So you're right. Maybe I shouldn't knock it for that. I can't help but do it. But yeah, but uh, but yeah. Stella, what is your ranking on the Creek scale? Um, oh, I'm going to give it a uh, 10 out of 5. Whoa, <laughs> holy shit. Just kidding. Um, I don't know. I feel indifferent, honestly. Like, I feel like I'm enticed. I'm excited to see what happens. Um but I also like, yeah, I feel you like you sound exhausted by this show. <laughs> it's an exhausting pilot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like scatterbrained, like about like, what do, what do I care about with these characters? I don't know. So. But if you had to give it a creek out of five. If I had to give it a creek rating, I would give it a five out of five. Wow. wow. All right. Yeah. We've got a true Dawson's Creek stand over here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Also, just throughout this, uh, I've given Dawson a lot of flack for his love for Steven Spielberg. And now that I have to think about it again through the context of this being a pilot, he is a clean slate. And what better way to express that with him being a Spielberg head? And so, of course, he thinks that Mm -hmm. that gives all of life lessons. But I bet he'll grow just as I did as a movie fan where I loved. Mm -hmm. I thought Jurassic Park was the greatest movie of all time when I was like 10 years old. But the older I got, then I was like into, I don't know, Jim Jarmusch movies or Wes Anderson. And then that's just a gateway for more complex stuff. And I'm sure when he grows up and is introduced to more complex Mm -hmm. ideas in his life, his influences will grow too. I really want to know if he's going to start talking about other directors yeah. like through the season or if it's just going to be 
yeah. Yeah. I wonder. We'll have to find out uh, next week on Dawson's Creek, I guess. Can't wait. Do we wanna... I don't want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go around the creek and I'll give uh, one or two recommendations that are completely agnostic or atheist to Dawson's Creek. Um, who wants to go first? I'm happy to, but I don't want Yeah, wanna... go for it. Okay. Um, I recommend feeling uh, the sunshine on your face after <laughs> a lot of rain and that cold, cold mornings that happen here in Portland, Oregon. And I recommend watching Portland Trailblazers basketball because Anthony Simons is an absolute machine. That's what I recommend. He's pretty good. Yeah. Anyone else? I'll recommend rowing a canoe down the Willamette River. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> and yeah, what, are we, um, what are we doing later? Well, yeah. and we should definitely record an episode on, on a, canoe. a canoe. Yes, totally. We should. That's smart. Yeah. And um, season one of Drive to Survive. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, baby. Do you want to get into that a little bit about what it's about? It's about Formula One racing. Yes. Which you'll have to listen to our Patreon spinoff podcast, which is all about Formula One. We and actually have to survive. We actually did a mini, mini little conversation pod conversation about this when we were testing. Yes, we all did. this sound equipment. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Stella, do you have any recommendations? Um, I'll go ahead. And uh, I feel like we've we mentioned euphoria quite a bit. But uh, oh, yeah. this season of euphoria has been very incredible, very beautiful. Be heavy. Good stuff. <laughs> Teen oh. drama show on HBO? Yeah. Mal? I have got? a side recommendation on that um, note. Oh, the ma- the uh, really good Instagram follow is Donnie Davey. She's the makeup artist. <gasps> you. Um, amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Donna. our like biggest Donnie, plug. <laughs> D-O-N-N-I. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Yeah, she is a listener of oh. this show, so make sure to give her plenty of love. <laughs> she's Friend a, of the show. She is a creek head. Because there's sure. a whole story in the makeup in that yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The makeup in that show is incredible, yeah. so that must be a great follow. Friend of the show, uh, you can come on the show and do our makeup before <laughs> our next episode. Yeah. All right, Cody. Uh, my recommendation is a show called Severance. It just started on Apple Plus. Uh, at the time of the recording, only two episodes are available. The creator is Dan Erickson, who I couldn't find out much information about, but he is from the Pacific Northwest, which is pretty cool. And I think this is his first project, so I'd love to know how that came about. And it's executive produced by Ben Stiller, who directed the first few episodes. I don't know if he's going to be the director of more, but it's very sharply directed. It looks great. Uh, It has this really peculiar vibe. It's caught somewhere between like Spike Jonze's being John Malkovich and... Yorgos Lanthimos movies, like The Lobster Killing of a Sacred Deer. It just has this like really strange vibe. And it's uh, hypercritical of the nine-to-five work-to-life balance and oh, yeah. positions the other half version of themselves that are conscious at work, like the severed half being as though they're trapped in like this hell. I mean, if you had to spend your entire life just at work, it would be hell. Yeah. So I'll take anything that is critical of our <laughs> trash uh, end of capitalism nightmare that we found ourselves in it's really good it's like a sci-fi thriller Mm. really well done adam scott Scott stars he's amazing Mm -hmm. Um, patricia arquette sounds great walken john taturo the music is great Mm -hmm. uh cool well that's the end of our inaugural 
episode inaugural. Doesn't that mean we do this once no. a year? Uh, I guess we'll see our, you next year. We're going to do one episode of Dawson's Creek a year. <laughs> it's our pilot episode. It is our pilot <laughs> episode. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> this was Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye.